Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. And yes, we are live and well in the wonderful downtown Spartanburg, South Carolina. Roaring to a wonderful forward motion of Anything can change, and change is the most constant thing we have in our lives. And we were discussing the Keshe Foundation, and Patty is is really advocating and pushing me, and I I don't mind being pushed. I think it's great. I'm glad she's seeing it differently. I've been watching the Keshe Foundation do their thing for the last, I'm going to say, within the last five years, and nothing you know, yeah, he's had classes. Of course, he started the classes when I was deep in classes, so I I couldn't flip my brain that well. I'm, I'm lucky go to class, sit in it, and get the information where plasma is in a totally different venue uh, than the hard stuff that we've been used to doing with circuits and capacitors and stuff. Not that those aren't wouldn't be used in his stuff because they are necessary in electricity. But there's more and more coming on. But we've been, uh, last week, Emily brought up a real good point about this WERE bank, W-E-R-E. And I was hoping Lola would be on by now because Clintina has been keeping me posted on it and, um, we, uh, she heard and I heard uh, Lola on this call with Willie's Truth Call. And um, I'm going to wait on that subject matter. So if someone remembers <laughs> and tells me, let's go back to the Ware Bank and, or the Were Bank, uh, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Then, uh, I say we are. <laughs> well, we are well. It's W E R E is this new bank that's supposed to have all this gold behind it, which isn't true. And the W I R bank, which is the one that is in Switzerland. So it's a lot. Well, I guess someone flushed that toilet, but. Uh, where are you, Jakey? I can't find Jakey. Jakey. Where's my Jakey? I lose him in the house. Can you believe it? Oh, he's in the house? Four-room house, and I lose his dog. I just found him. He's behind the chair. <laughs> he okay. Gets, <laughs> <laughs> he, gets, he gets into more predicaments. I call him his little jails. Come on, Jake. Oh, he went around the other side for me. Come on, Jakey. Come on out. He's, he's, he gets stopped by these little things here. Come on, little buddy. Come on, little buddy. I had him in the kitchen, and he's behind a chair in the living room. So he's a traveling dog. 
I got some new stuff for the dogs. Um, they're kind of like aluminum ray things. Oops, my earplug went out. Aluminum ray things, and what they you do, you put them on the bottom of their um, little doggy bed, and you um, uh, and you put their bedding over it, and it, their body heat heat heats it up so that they're kept warm during the, the winter. Oh wow! Isn't that cool? I wonder if they work outside. I was going to build a cat house on my porch. <laughs> but you can still do it. You put it under their bedding. Yeah. And and put it under the bedding because their body heat, heats it up. Oh, and so you don't plug it in or nothing. That'd be cool. There's no electricity at all in it. It's their wow. body heat. And hmm. so they were on, and actually, Jakey did less roaming around last night because I think he did finally have a little warmth. So. Hmm. And I got some little gauze for his neck and stuff like that. Yeah. He's got this thing on his neck that he Uh keeps scratching and gets all bloody and makes him all dirty. But I've got some gauze, and my buddy Pat gave me A&D ointment, so we're trying that on it. I've tried um, colloidal silver. I've tried all sorts of different things, and it does doesn't seem to get rid of it. It's really hard. So, mm. oh well. But it's on to bigger and better climbs, guys and dolls. <laughs> mm. So, what else is happening in people's lives? My dog is snoring into the bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> well, they do. The the big snores. Jakey's a snore. He talks in his snore. He goes, <laughs> and then, then you hear him go, and you hear some silence. He's listening, and then he goes, <laughs> That's funny. I, I get the biggest kick out of his snoring. It's just a funny, funny little noise. Oh, well. The humor of it all. We're into the humor, humor, humor. Well, Rambo has always had something wrong with his throat. He cannot get a drink of water without <laughs> for five seconds afterwards, at least. Oh. Every time he gets a drink. And the older he gets and the fatter he gets, the louder his snores are getting. <laughs> well, that's and he sleeps right under my bed, right under my pillow. So it's like this vibrational energy all night long. <laughs> yeah, keeps you going, keeps you yeah. going. But what else is going on? I don't on? know what, what I'd do without them. How's everybody else? I don't know. Hey, Elaine, what's going on down there in New Mexico? Well, uh, good morning. I was listening to you guys. Good morning. <laughs> You know, it's funny, you guys sound like um, it reminds me of a classroom. When I listen, uh, like you guys are are all getting together and uh, Wonder Ann's the teacher and Patty's the the girl. Oh, me, me, me. (laughs) 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 Well, New Mexico. 
it's snowing in the mountains and it's cold. It's rainy. Um, so that's about it. Not a whole it lot. It is going. snowing in the mountains. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that ski area down in Mexico, right? New Mexico, is, you've got yeah. the uh, big ski resorts up there. They want the snow. Oh, I know. They, uh, oh, this weekend they're having the balloon festival. And so oh. I'm going to go to the balloon festival. Oh, be sure to go out and get pictures. They are so beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to take Ray out there. So he loves to take pictures. We'll probably have a lot of pictures. <laughs> Yeah, because it's so beautiful. Because right outside where I used to live in Paris, California, uh, they would fly over because they would come up from, um, oh, what was the name? Uh, the, uh, the next town over, and I've forgotten what it was. But they, they would all board and up would go all the balloons. It was so fun. That's so great. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. They give little uh, balloon rides, free balloon rides, tethered balloon rides for the kids. So that's cool. This is my first time seeing this, so it'll be all right if I can get up and get out there to it. <laughs> did you get some boots yesterday? I did, yes, and I like them. They're really nice, and they're waterproof, and they keep your feet warm uh, below uh, four below zero. So. Good. <laughs> Good. Last last winter I I froze. Uh, I didn't have a good I didn't have good shoes, so this year I I have both. Good for you because that's very important, uh, not only for your feet, but for your walking in the snow. Yeah. Because um, that's where most people have the problem is they can't walk in the snow. They fall and hurt themselves. Right, and uh, what I did uh, for Ray, I worried about him because if he falls, he has uh, back issues. Uh-oh. He could he could uh, he could end up not able to walk. So uh, yeah. they have these things called uh, snow. What are they? Chains for your shoes. And yeah, they're clamps. You clamp them on or slide them over the toe and the heel. Yeah. Uh huh. So That's I got those. Because that's what I worry about with him, and he's got um, two good pair of orthopedic shoes. So, and I've got him wool socks. But uh, so I think he's going to be okay. I had to order everything. He's a triple large in the coat, and a extra extra large in the snow chains or shoes. I couldn't believe how big his shoes are. What'd you say? Fourteen and a half. Yeah, 14 and a half. Wow, well, I can sleep in his shoe. <laughs> but no, he's yeah. a big guy. I mean, what did you say? He was 6'5 or something like that? 6'3. 6'4. 6'4, yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. 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 He's, he's tall, and that's where you use it is all in your... It, it goes to their feet. I mean, my goodness, yeah. Yeah. And my my guys were all little guys. They, were, they ran from 6'2 up to... Six foot eight. So I mean, yeah, wow. their shoes are big. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're we're pretty sad. There's not a whole lot. There, um, I know. I uh, remember I wrote a little blurb in the local newspaper about how the uh, funds that are allocated for handicapped individual day programs are being sat on for years, and 
and how I felt that, you know, that the city government was taking advantage of the disadvantages of the disabled. And and, and I talked about uh, the school systems, how how the school systems uh, in the regular ed classes, they all had brand new computers and and in our classes, it was whatever was donated or whatever was handed down. And one of the old classes, they actually used those old floppy disks, the little six-inch oh I know, it's just like so old. So what happened as a result um, is I, I made some phone calls and I told them about the article and, and I got Ray approved for a one-day program. He was supposed to wait 10 years or until he dies. But he's been approved, so he's he's going to start that, and I'm glad for that. But then I heard Governor Martinez out here, and uh, she's saying now that she's going to guarantee that all the schools in New Mexico have the internet, and I find that amazing that they don't. That it's it's over. Like I think I'm not sure. I may be wrong, but 80 percent of classrooms don't have internet. Well, part of the thing that you really have to watch on this Internet thing, and this is the thing they're finding out, once they bring in that Internet into the schools, so many of the kids start suffering from other kinds of ailments, i.e. they get violent headaches from the the constant uh, radiation that's being done because the schools do not protect the kids from the radiation, they're just uh, told, here's the computer and this is what you do and raka raka and it's like, no, you have to protect these kids because their little bodies are being bombarded constantly by the radiation. So see, if they would just spend the, the money on good quality that the police that a lot of the monitors now, the new ones coming out, they don't emit that radiation. They have the filter or some kind of blocker on them. That um, well, well, they they don't want you to know how dangerous it's been because of the the actual suing that would have gone on. But the the you can bring a monitor into these classrooms. And you'll find that they are not monitoring. And there's a great deal of dosage of radiation being put on these kids. Great deal. I know. Well, I guess uh, in a polluted world, you're not going to be able to experience it without tapping into a little of the pollution. (laughs) Well, there is. There is a way in which you can filter it. And that's what they don't want to spend the money on. So plasma. That's, that's what she's introducing point. is the plasma field instead of this dirty energy. Yeah, they they don't have to be poisoned like that. It, it, mm-hmm. It's really about genociding. Because a lot of these kids get very, very ill, and it's uh, not good for their bo- little bodies. That's not good for them. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> But anyway, uh, so that's about it with me. Well, I that's great that you've done that. You, you uh, 
accolades to you for getting them to move forward, even to do what they're doing. That's excellent. I didn't want to minimize that. That's really excellent what you did. Yeah, I was telling Patty, you know, you come, uh, the nurse in the program, and takes medication in the afternoon. And so the nurse in the program was saying, oh, you're, you're not taking this medication right. You're, you're not taking it at the times that you're supposed to take it. And, you know, I can't, you'll have to get a note from your doctor or something to, to describe to me why you're taking this medication in a way that you're not supposed to take it. And I, you know, raised been on that medication for a long time. And I, I kind of, thought, oh, I wonder if I if I did something, if I changed it, if maybe she's right. And so I gave it to him at the time, you know, that she had said, which put it on top of his nighttime medication and he became violent. Yeah. So so I thought, Oh, that's probably it. So I took him to his doctor to ask, you know, about it. And the doctor uh said well, he said, you know, it's it's kind of good to have checks and balances, but I really wish that she would have contacted our office or talked to me because the medication that your son takes is a seizure medication, but it's also used for behavior. And so in this instance, it's probably being prescribed for behavior. And um, so he wrote me a note that said, you know, give the medication as prescribed. But what's interesting is, you know, people get so wrapped up in their titles, you know, yep. that, and and it's good. I mean, they want to, you know, um, fulfill the obligations of their jobs, I guess. But, you know, maturity and um, flexibility allows you to consider things outside of the box. And That's sometimes correct. when you're, yeah, and so when you're dealing with, individuals, you know, you have to be flexible to work within the constraints of their needs. And um, so, you know, it was just another learning lesson. And I told the doctor, I said, you know, I said it's been five years he's been on this medication and it's been three different neurologists. So I thought, oh, no, maybe I made a mistake. And um, maybe I, I switched it and didn't remember or something. And so I tried to give it to him, and he became violent, you know. And, um, um, you know, the uh, the doctor just, just said what I said, is that, you know, it's good to have checks and balances. It's, uh, and that's what I look at it as. So I really appreciate checks and balances. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, what having a handicapped kid has taught me, that it's good to have checks and balances. I mean, we read about all kinds of crazy things going on with people. And, you know, the children that were beat in the church by their parents and other members. And then, I mean, all the deaths and all the icky that's going on with people. And it's because we're under such stress, you know, in our lives that, and we're so imbalanced that we don't think right. And that's why you need checks and balances. And so yeah. I like Go ahead. Finish up. That was it. I just said I like checks and balances. 
And, and that truly depends on who's doing the checking yes. and who's doing the balancing. And I, because just for what uh, Patty brought up before we went on the recording, tell us, Patty, what they're calling cheese now. An addiction. Yeah. Who's checking and balancing that? A cow and his and its byproducts? Why? Because it's full of crap. And they don't do any checks and balances on that because they all want the cookie-cutter method. And that's all that nurse is doing is a cookie-cutter. If A is A and B is B, they can go together. No, if it's A goes to a child that can't tolerate A, A is not good and it won't go with B. You know, this, and, is, this is true research on the stuff. Go ahead, Patty. And I think that was part of the biggest, the biggest part of the problem was that she talked down to me rather than oh, talking no, to her as a peer. It was like, oh, you're a bad mom. No, you know, kind of made Elaine feel that way, you know, and put her in, in, in a spot and then, in, you know, and then she thought, well, maybe I am wrong. And so she gave it to him at the right time and then she had a reaction and that's not good, you know. Yeah. I, I even got from a doctor on my son uh, back in the 70s, my son was really getting into the hyperactivity, my special needs guy. And uh, they they suggested I give him phenobarbital. Well, I was doing the census thing, and fortunately I had a lot of paperwork, because that kid was still staring at me at 3 a.m. in the morning from phenobarbital. Because it reacted totally the reverse of what phenobarbital is supposed to do. And the doctor, when I told the pediatrician what happened, he said, that's usually supposed to put him to sleep. I said, it doesn't work on this kid that way. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you doing, uh, David Donaldson? (laughs) Is the phenobarbital stuff, is that, maybe that's what the general public is on, because... Uh, that stuff you're make that's making them all stare. I was wondering what was making people stare at me. Stare at you? <laughs> yeah, I'm making a joke. Uh huh. They got your they got your scope, man. They aren't staring no. at you. That's scoping. <laughs> no, they're they're all on that stuff you just said. The phenobarbital. No. They're using lithium, not phenobarbital. Yeah, oh, that's okay. more. Lithium is more what they'd probably use. I was thinking that the lithium would actually uh, inhibit. Uh, bipolar behavior. Well, that's what they want. They want to right. inhibit. Yeah, I can actually okay. feel that. Uh, that that that's why it's very crucial for us to be uh, with the mind strengthening programs. Right. And see, a lot of people are still afraid, and this is why I keep encouraging you: know yourself. If you don't know yourself, you're duped. Over and over again, because when you really get the point of who you are, they can't rattle you. They really can't rattle you. And that's, that's where so much of what we do is, is imperative that you really get to know who you are, because they're after your skin, man. They're after your skin. And they want it, want it, want it. Well, that, it breaks my heart again, you know, 
because I am going, you know, I have two daughters. They live in Fresno. I've, well, let's put it this way. I'm the biological guy behind the two girls and uh, the one son. And the heart is broken because, this heart is broken because the girls and the boy, they did not get me with this mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so they get something else. Yeah. And see, that's, that's again, uh, we have a fellow, Brad, uh, Colin can verify with me, that he is really doing an excellent job of helping his wife get the point that vaccinating is detrimental to the kid's health. And she's actually changing, and they're both, they're planning now. The kids are, what, four and three? They're planning where to go send them to school and maybe homeschooling because of the danger out there for their health. You've got to be vaccinated. You've got to have this. You've got to have that. You've got to have everything. And it's like, no, you don't. It's detrimental to their health. Well, I think what we're seeing is a trend leaning towards all of the government-sponsored schools being um, for the inoculated and that mm-hmm. everyone everyone is not inoculated will be homeschooled, not not subject to and not mandated to go and do it at home. Well, maybe, is that what you're saying? They're mandating, they're saying, no, you have to homeschool, and you have to no, do it our way. No, there's no mandating of homeschooling. We're pushing for people to homeschool and get them out of that public system. And a lot of people, they're yeah. the only single parent, you know, yeah. it's really hard. The problem with that, I see, is I see intermeddling in, in the people's affairs by government, by, by, by seeing a trend of people going into their homeschooling, I see the government saying, okay, well, let's do that on a larger scale. And then because we know that these kids are not going to get the curriculum, that we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to impose regulations and mandates on these people who are homeschooling, and then we're going to have another excuse to come into their home to make sure everything is safe, make sure everything is this, make sure everything is that. Fucking BS. Sorry. My French. Sorry. Well, and and that can be true, but you've got to, uh, the homeschooling um, organizations have gone through that over the decades. They've now, been in session for a, they've been in session for well over fifty years now, if I'm not correct. And, and they here, have fought all of it. Go ahead. Up here in Washington State, they're taking away the charter schools licenses. Now, in the well, charter schools, you didn't have to vaccinate. And now I just saw in the newspaper that they, Washington State is doing uh, away with the charter schools. Well, you know, that's not right either. No, that, well, why are they taking away the charter schools? Money, budget costs, budget cuts. Well, who's financing the, the charter schools then? Evidently, they are getting some type of federal money, but they're cutting it off. I don't well, know. I'd have to go getting, into it deeper. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, so. If they're getting any money from the federal government, then the government can come in and tell them you do it this way. Yep. Yep. There is no freedom in that charter school. 
Can I make a comment on something that Donaldson said? I'm sorry. Donaldson's here, can, yeah. Yeah, can I make a comment on something he said? Oh, sure. I thought I was thinking you Elaine. She's non-member again. <laughs> Go ahead, Elaine. No, this is Orpha. <laughs> <laughs> Would you oh, quit no. eating aluminum foil one day? I'm, 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 I will. <laughs> I'm going incognito. I'm going to go as Elaine for Halloween. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good job. Touche. Okay. There you go. This is Orpha speaking. <laughs> anyway, Donaldson, I, I wanna, I'd like to make a comment on what you said just a little bit ago on your heart being broken because your kids did not come into this world with your current mentality. I think a lot of us now, after coming into a lot of this knowledge we've come into, um, are feeling that way. I know I look back on when I was raising my, my babies, um, how I, it, it breaks my heart every day that I was not able to give them this information because I didn't have it. And now I'm able to at least try and put some of this onto my grandbabies, don't spit. Um, like that. I <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go out back and learn how to do it properly, you know? Oh, no, don't even, don't even bring that up. <laughs> don't even bring that up. I, I, anyway, um, you know, so I, I, there are, we are out here feeling that same pain. You know, all the different things. You know, I, I, I got my kids vaccinated. I'm having to watch my grandbabies get vaccinated because my my kids aren't even listening to that. They absolutely will not listen. And it's not my choice to, you know, kidnap them and keep them from getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all this riddling that they're, you know, when my kids were going to school, there were like maybe one or two kids that really needed to be calmed down, but and they were put on riddling. I didn't think it was a good idea even for those kids but they tried to put my kids on Ritalin and my kids I know didn't need it but now yeah. just about every kid in the school is on Ritalin and you know, forget about the well the phenobarbital you can't you can't get that unless you have a dire need for phenobarbital they're having uh, trouble getting it to use for executions yeah I mean it's it's that's, that's not, <laughs> you know? that's not what, that's not what people are on, though. What I'm saying, I think, is Ritalin. Because on kids, Ritalin calms down. On adults, it speeds up. Mm-hmm. So either way, that drug is on demand. And they're getting it into the schools. They're getting it in, especially in the schools. They're starting it in the schools. And, I mean, I, I have a friend who, when her kids were, you know, young, and in school and whatnot, one of her children was on Ritalin. And when he would get to come with, you know, like he was in scouting, and when he would get to go with the other boys scouting, she would take him off of the Ritalin. Uh, and we would get the full brunt of <laughs> what he was. Yeah. I mean, he's grown out of it, and I think most mm-hmm. kids will. But I, what I have discovered in doing my research on this whole ADD and ADHD thing is one, I think it has more to do with the food. Sugar. All the, yep. Wheat. Sugar. I, well, you know, it, 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 it's not even the sugar. Oh. It's the wheat gluten. 
It's mm-hmm. the gluten. Uh, the gluten, whether it's just, I think the wheat, the wheat, barley's, and rice, those all have this high amount of gluten in it that is uh, people are sensitive to, and that is what is going on oh. with these children. And the other thing that's going on is they are bored. They're not. Oh, yeah. Some of yeah. these children. Um, one of the things I took away in school that was actually helpful, um, helped me look at things a little differently, was we all learn differently. There's visual learners, there's audio learners, and there's kinetic learners. The kinetic learners... Yeah, and there's... And some, you know, we all have to have a certain amount of all three, but Mm -hmm. the ones that are kinetic learners that have to be doing in order to learn what they're learning... They have to be active. They have to be in motion. They have to be doing something. And those children are kept down. They are given Ritalin to calm them down. Mm-hmm. And they don't learn because they have to be doing something. When you have a child that's learning something and is able to actively learn it, you know, be up doing a project, be, you know, physically in motion, they are better learners. And Can I, am I unmuted? Uh, listen, that was a very, very good point. I, because uh, the the kids that are um, motivated by this kinetic learning, um, would that be a way? Would that be a way, or for for them to weed out the uh, the intellectually ba- uh, based genes, like the the genes who are more profound for intellect? You know what I'm saying? And and thought rather than uh, physical work. I'm not understanding your question. It's hard I think to what he, the question is if if a child is able to kinetically put things together really fast, they don't want him on the in the school because he will outdistance some of the other kids, and they want all of you to stay at the same level, the same learning. It's all cookie cutter. Is that more well, or less what you're asking? No, what I was kind of, but what I was really saying is 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 the maybe because the kinetic learners are the ones that need to be physically doing, and they don't want slaves in the future to actually do physical jobs because physical jobs will be taken over by robots, and and then every other job will be all about the brain, using your mind. Well, I mean that that's always a possibility with any any learner, and if they, you know, know that an audio learner, for instance, is you know really picking up stuff and being you know they're a genius or something. They're not going to want uh-huh. any of those in there, but I could see where the kinetic learners, yeah, they're trying to turn all of us into robots, but they right. could, or take over robotic, you know, jobs. But I think that could happen with any type of learner, um, audio, visual, mm-hmm. kinetic. Um, I think all of them could be, you know, targeted. I mean, until they see any one of these children that are... With the nature of the system, go ahead, Orpha. Sorry. Well, when, well, when they they see any one of these children being, you know, super learners, they're going to target any of them and yep. and get them down, get them down to where they they will not. That's um, what I mean. Stomp on whatever, and <laughs> certainly someone who is active, they're going to notice that a lot more, a lot quicker. Well, 
just to go. Whoa. Are we on the train Whoa. again? I don't know, but... That's... Yeah, that was strange. That was probably yeah. an echo, you guys. Wow. Okay, but That's the... Like you're, yeah. you're right, though, about the... Uh, uh, I think you're right about the singling out of, in, you know, the smart... Well, kids that will actually not uh, learn it one particular way, and so like that that actually is a symbol. Oh, what a, I forgot well, exactly what I was saying, but go ahead. Well, and it's like I said, you know, when my kids were in first grade, they wanted to put, you know, when they each reached first grade level, they wanted to put them on Ritalin because my my son did not know his colors and and um, shapes and numbers and stuff in kindergarten. I said, he knows them. He just doesn't want to tell you. Oh, yes, just for you, girlfriend. And that, really, that's what it was. I knew he yeah. knew all of his colors and stuff. They wanted to help, hold him back and put him in, in keep him in kindergarten. I, hindsight, I wish I had done that because actually what happened was, well, they told me, they they told me that if uh, well my husband was there too, they told us that if we decided not to hold him back, then next year he would or they it was out of our hands that they had that duty to hold him back if they thought he needed it, and that's what they did. So what happened? So what happened was socially, it hurt him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because. Yep. He had gone through two years with um, the same kids and then got held back and had to form a new group of friends. And that hurt him. So hindsight, you know, I would have probably done it. And he did do better, but it wasn't because he didn't know his shapes and colors. It was, you know, he... And and he's smart. I mean, he's now one of Caterpillar's IT guys, you know. And and actually, he's one of them that has a, a safe job with him right now. Um, you know, so he's smart, very smart. Both he was just him. a nonconformist as a child. And that, that, right. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah he just, this you know. guy was, but see, he was a nonconformist, and they were holding him back and punishing him in a way. But guess what? That mm-hmm. I think what that was doing was trying to craft this dude to be this IT guy. Yeah, well, I mean, my my child, both of my children, absolutely nonconformist. Um, you know, when I was, um, you know, I knew that, you know, they, they both knew what their stuff was, but um, even now, well, even back then, I mean, he was in like a high school, and I asked my son, I said, he wound up having a girlfriend. We didn't even know he had a girlfriend for like three months. It's his oh. current, you know, uh, he, it's his current wife now. But we didn't know he had a girlfriend for three months until he invited her to this party we had at the house. They're having a bon, bonfire party, and I'm going, what, what, what's up with this? Why don't you, you know, why didn't you tell us you had a girlfriend? What's wrong with that? You know, why, why can't you tell us? And he told me. He says, mother. He said, just remember this. He said, I do not mix my social life. I do not mix my scouting life. 
I do not mix my family life. And I'm going, oh, boy. (laughs) And he said, none of them will, you know, meet in the middle. He said, I keep everything separate. (laughs) That's so interesting. You know? When I was with with Barbara DeAngelis and we were talking about it, we all of us segment our friends. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we but we do, but so I mean, he's spot on about it. Well, to me, it yeah. sounds like he set up a a problem between you and your daughter-in-law right from the get-go, and you guys just didn't even know it. Well, I mean, I we didn't know she was going to be our daughter-in-law at the time. I don't think he knew either. But the the fact was that he he has always been very very independent. You know, even now it's like pulling teeth to get information out of this child. You know, and he's thirty some years old, and I'm still pulling his teeth. Well, now yes. you can just get all the information out of the kids. <laughs> well, I I, I, I I do for certain things, but they they don't. <laughs> it's funny when I say something to to my daughter-in-law, and <laughs> she just chuckles, you know, because you know, uh, uh, they told on me, you know. <laughs> I bet they do go and tell on Grandma. <laughs> well, they might tell on Grandma, too. <laughs> Grandma get very angry. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't take it, take it out of out on them, but well, it's like, it's like, oh, they're, they're saying hi. Say hi into here. Hi. 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 <laughs> I love little baby voices over the phone. They're so precious. Um, But like last night, my granddaughter was really getting, you know, out of control. Yeah, we'll look at at that later, honey. Um, Out of control. So Daddy, uh, you know, kept calling her saying, come here, you're going to go in here for time out for a few minutes because Mom was trying to get groceries unloaded and the kids were just really being in the way i mean taking everything out trying to open up all packages and everything i mean just really being you know go away please so daddy was trying to get the daughter into the the room to just calm her down and get her to listen and he he called her like no no the wrong foot um Yes, that's the right foot. Um, <laughs> is this the right foot? No, is this the right foot? <laughs> anyway, um, he he warned her three times. Yes, he he warned her. He says, you know, after asking her like three or four times to come to him and go into the bedroom. You know, there's a gate there. As you can see, it's not like she was being closed up into the room or anything. But there is a gate. And um, she totally ignored him. He says, he gave her one last warning. He says, if I have to come over there and get you, I will put you in here and you will stay here until it's time to go to bed. We're talking like, you know, half hour probably, maybe an hour, you know. Um, but she had already had supper. It was, you know, the toys are in there. You know, I mean, it's not like she was being, I mean, it wasn't a severe punishment, but it was just the fact that she was not listening. And so... He had to go get her, and he had to put her in the bedroom, put her in the room. Well, she goes in there and starts making all kinds of noise and racket, running 
stuff up against the gate so it makes a lot of noise. And I kept telling her to be quiet and stop it. And Mom did too, actually. But she wouldn't. You know, Dad has now left. He's, you know, uh, gone into his room and, you know, doing his thing. And after a while, Ariana was just going crazy. and I mean, just making all kinds of noise. And finally, Mom took her out of the bedroom. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. And because what she did in that moment was totally undermine any authority her dad had over her. Mm-hmm. Um, totally told her that it was okay to be disrespectful, to not listen, to make noise whenever you want it, to do whatever you want, to get what you want. All, all in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. One fell swoop. And my son... John came out and he goes, "What are you doing out of that room?" And I'll get you a vitamin in just a minute. Um, he came out. And he said, "What are you doing out of the room?" And she says, "Mommy, let me out." And I just could see the fire in his eyes. Just, oh my gosh, he was, you know, he was trying to get her back in the room because he had told her. If you do not mind, you're going to be in here until it's time to go to bed. And she took her out. And, of course, at that moment, yes, she was being good. And and Rachel goes, well, why put her in there now? She's being good. That's not the point. That is not the point, you know. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, these are things... These things are the types of things that make it difficult for people like me to watch these kids. That's right. Because they scream and holler and just throw fits when mom is around. Because when mom is there, they get what they want by doing that. And I just, you know, I just take the the boy, he's been, well, they've all been sick around here. My son hasn't, but... He's not up here in the midst of, you know, all the snot and everything. Um, and the coughing and the sneezing and the, you know, throwing up on you and everything. <laughs> I like dogs. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the first day back, I mean, I, I actually had two weeks off to try and stay away from this, so I didn't want to get in it. And she thought, it was all over with, but I get back here and the boy now, he's the worst. And the very first day back, he was crying so hard that he didn't want mom to leave that when I took him over, he just kept crying and crying. All I did was just sit him on my lap just to keep him calm down. He couldn't get down off my lap. Mm-hmm. And he's crying so hard, this whole bucket of snot and Food and you name it came up and was all over me. And I'm going, oh, crap. (laughs) You know, and it's like, but he was, he was crying so hard that he, he, he was doing this to himself. He wasn't throwing up because he was sick, but because he was sick, that was the stuff that was all, you know, coming up. You know, he can't breathe. His nose is running. It hurts, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I just kept. You know, I kept telling mom, go, go, go away, <laughs> get out of here. 
because the longer you stay, you know, of course, she's sitting there coddling him, you know, oh, baby, oh, baby, you know. And we all know as moms when your child is sick, it's very challenging to leave them while they're, they're having a temper. Hurting. Yeah, yeah, while they're, they're not feeling good. It is very challenging to do that. But most of the time they're doing it because mom's standing right there. Right. Once mom leaves, it stops. The person that's then watching them can get a little more control over the situation. And, you know, so the kids right now, well, he was, he's been like this ever since, you know, he's been sick. You know, he didn't want grandma to take over, so he throws this horrible fit in the morning when I get here. But I just take him, he stiffens up, and I just look at him and say, no, you will not. And he calms down because he knows, uh uh-oh, grandma's in charge. She ain't going to put up with this crap. I know this. She knows that. Let's just stop right now, you know. And he, and he's even got to the point where he's slapping himself in the face. And I'm going, what are you doing? <laughs> no, you're not. And I will grab his hands and keep him from doing it. It makes Can him angrier. Yes, go ahead. Uh, the slapping in the face and mm-hmm. the hitting in the, in the head. Now, mm-hmm. I, I will tell you something. And this is not easy to say, but mm-hmm. I used to do that. I used to do that a lot. And mm-hmm. I realized why I was doing it as I got older. And it was because I was looking to take control of the situation. Oh, but absolutely. Felt out, but felt out of control, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's healthy for us to bring our children up, you know, with us as the authority and them not necessarily at the, at the helm of all the controls. But there is a fine balance. Don't you agree, Orpha? Well, absolutely. You know, I'm not looking at trying to control my children or my grandchildren, whoever it is. But there has to be somebody in charge. At this age, they, they're still learning. They have to be shown what is right and what is wrong before they can know what is right and what is wrong. And they can't, if they're left to their own means to figure that out, right. You're probably going to get a child that is very unruly because they're going to learn that they can do whatever they want. They can hit, they can throw things, they can scream, they can, you know, pull their hair out, they can hold their breath until they turn blue. Of course, they're going to pass out and start breathing, so that one never bothered me. Um, But can I jump in? Yeah. The 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 hitting in the in of the self in the face, right? That, I think, is definitely punishable, okay, because you're going to show this child how they – I'm not trying to teach you how to parent, but what I would do is is ultimately I would give the kid more choices, you know what I'm saying, for me, just from, you know, what what I've learned. And if I saw that, I I would probably attempt to give the child more choices, and if it persisted, I would make a punishment available, you know what I'm saying, because – it was. It would be kind of detrimental if they were to walk around out here as an adult and do that. That the punishment that they would receive would come naturally. It would come by in the in the way of social ridicule, you know, and it would come, you know, at the way of uh, uh you know, like not even being able to get on to cer- certain certain venues or jobs or or c- creative circumstances, you know, and all because oh. of the lack of understanding of how what it means to really, I think, be. Uh, uh, to sacrifice what you want for what, you know. In your mouth. 
Yeah, probably Sorry, go ahead. Or whatnot. Yeah, but I mean, you, you, you get my point, I think, in that, in that, yeah. So the choice, and then punishment, too, because hitting yourself is just like, uh, you know, going up and hitting someone else in a way. But I felt like it was also a measure of trying to take control. It's like me picking up a plate and throwing it across the room. That's the same effect of hitting myself in the head. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, and I, I understand what it is that you're saying there. And yes, it's absolutely a form of taking control of the situation. But at two and three years old, they do not have the mental capacity to actually do that. We are, we as parents and, and caregivers are there to help teach them. And there has to be some form of um, rules, boundaries, and limitations to know how to guide yourself and the hitting in the face of themselves, you know, to me, they're, they're just looking for attention and, you know, seeing how far they can push the situation. I'm not sure. And, I hear you. you know, that they, they, they are trying to see what they can get away with. And that is a form of control. They, if they know, because I'll tell you what, these two kids, they know that when grandma walks in the door, that there is not going to be any, I'm not going to let them scream. I'm not going to let them throw tantrums. They will go in timeout. The other grandma, she'll put them in timeout, but she'll count to 10 and let, let them go. And I'm going, that's a discipline. <laughs> they barely have time to sit down much figure out why they're there but that's at least she's doing it you know it's more than the mom is doing but you know it's like they are looking for the control and this is because they they are actually looking for the rules and boundaries and limitations because yeah they want them and most most parents and i was guilty of this at first too um they want their uh, parents want to think that their child will hate them if they discipline them. And when that happens, the child then knows that they're in charge. Exactly and right. if, if you continue to let it go, then they, as they grow older, you have no control at that point because they're getting bigger than you. <laughs> Suddenly now you you don't have the the kind of control to be able to sit them down on your knee and talk to them like a, a little being that can understand what you're saying because trust me, they know what you're saying. And they they fully understand that and the thing is the follow through. If you if you do not follow through with whatever it is that you're saying, just like my son last night, if he you know he followed through and put the child in in the room, and he gave he gave her plenty of warning that that was going to happen, and she just totally ignored, totally ignored, totally ignored. But then mom comes along, and disrupts that, and totally disregards that because she didn't want to hear the child making this noise but now instead of being at a point where okay the child knows now that they're not going to get away with that so the next time daddy says stop doing that 
they stopped doing it. Now she just knows that she could. She, all she has to do is outlast daddy and outlast right. mommy, and she's in control. Right. And you know what's a great going? A great lesson is, I think, to Next time. I'm gonna try and teach my kids, and like, once I, if I ever get them, or if I ever get another family, that. Uh, it's not necessary to always be in control of what happens outside of me. And that, that the best type of control is to see as many options as possible and, and, and just not even really choose. You can choose, okay, if you would wish to remain in, into control and you have all these different options. You know, so you can hit yourself in the face if you want to, or you can come over here and you can hit the punching bag if you want right. to. Right, I, I fully agree with you there. Giving there options is is absolutely. So the if you got thing someone that likes to hit themselves, maybe you need to go and buy a punching bag. Plus, it's about respect. Right, exactly. You want you want kids to respect you. Right, mm-hmm. and and believe it or not, they will respect you more if you give them rules, right. boundaries, and limitations. Exactly, exactly. Because you know what, it is totally you know being a free spirit, twenty four seven is exhausting, totally and ultimately exhausting, not only for me or any caregiver, but for them as well. You know, it's like they're looking for someone to say, please tell me to stop so I can quit doing this. And, and you know, my, my granddaughter, you know, my my daughter-in-law bought their Halloween costumes last night. The little girl's pumpkin and the little boy is going to be Superman. Well, they wanted to try their costumes on last night, and I said, no. You know, I don't care if Mom bought these for you. I'm saying no, because come Halloween, you guys will have them all dirty and torn up or whatever, you know, within this next week before you ever get a chance to wear them. And so Mom actually backed me up and said, no, we'll hang them up and put them away until Halloween. Well, I come this morning, and they're both wearing the costumes. Oh and I'm going, oh, it looks like, you know, you got to wear the costumes anyway. Well, guess what? Those are coming off. No, 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 no. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mom actually did chime in and say, well, the agreement was that you could try them on, make sure they fit, but then they were going to come off. So I think she probably did tell him, you know, grandma's going to take it off. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just plan on that, you know. <laughs> and and I did. I well, I you know, she was running back and forth saying, "Oh, the singing pumpkin." And anybody want to sing with the pumpkin? And well, she, she was doing anything bad. But I'm trying to communicate with the mom, trying to get her out the door so I can take over with the kids. And she's just making all this noise. And I said, "Please, let's you know, let's let's be quiet with the pumpkin now, okay?" Mm-hmm. And she just kept going and going and going, and. <laughs> And she goes, boy, am I getting tired. <laughs> then stop. <laughs> no. Well, no. I do honor what you're saying, Orpha, everything. Uh, and I'm not even trying to really dialogue about it anymore because I think we should move on but to another right. topic. But I was thinking, right. I just want to say I, I do honor your, your experience, and uh, I've, I've learned a lot from you since, on, since we, I came on the call. So appreciate you. I learned a lot from you too. I, you know, I mean, I think we. Have, that's that's why we have these calls. There, we do each learn a lot, and I'm I'm very grateful for it. You know, so. But yes, yeah, so we can move on to a different topic. But you know, it's, 
Sue, can I add something in? Sure. sure. Um, well, I, I just wanted to, you know, I, I heard Orpheus say, well, they don't have the structure, they don't know the, you know, the what needs to be organized. And I know for me and my son, when he was very young, uh, he was always, I mean, bash, running full speed into walls and then getting up and doing it again and again, doing all kinds of eating light bulbs things like that. Um, so I had to figure out what's going on. And I had the same idea, well, I need to teach them boundaries. But see, that's an adult mentality, and young children don't understand structure and organization or what's socially acceptable. And so they're just acting out, being children, looking towards the adult or who's ever supervising to give them guidance, whether they know it or not. Right. So what I found out is most parents reinforce their children's behavior, whether it's good or bad. Most, most times it's bad. And how they do that is is by attention to the child when they're doing the wrong thing and not attending to them when they're doing the right thing so that the kid gets the attention for being bad. And that inadvertently reinforces the behavior. So the parents become the enablers of the behavior. And as a single parent, it's harder, uh, especially a single parent without siblings, to implement a redirection because you don't have the tools. You can't use your sibling, sister, or brother who's behaving correctly and attend to them wow, great job, I love the way you're doing this or that or this or that. I just love it, this is so great. And letting the other child who's not behaving appropriately see that, hey, this person's getting attention for mm-hmm. the right thing, not the wrong thing. Yeah. And Excellent. Yeah, and, and, I, and, I've, and I've actually been saying some of that here, you know, because I've been rewarding the good behavior and the egg sandwich? ignoring the bad behavior. Hey, hey by the way, don't cook it well done. I just want to... Sorry about that, guys. I'm going to mute out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cook it well Don't done. Laugh. Okay. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Okay. What are you eating? I want a bite. One is uh, differential reinforcement of other behavior, and one is different differential reinforcement of incompatible behavior. Now, these are the ways that you can uh, affect behavior positively, where you can intervene. So what is that, DRO, DRI? Uh, Differential reinforcement of other behavior. So an an example of that, my kid is spilling water all over the floor, and now he's broken a cup. So my traditional response would be, hey, what did you do that? Now you clean that up, or, or if it's a little kid, now look what you've done. You go sit in the corner. So they're getting all this attention, for sitting in the corner. So differential reinforcement of other behavior. You know what I'd like you to do? Here's the big mess that you just made. I'm going to take what you've done, the cup, and I'm going to turn it into, I'm going to mold it into appropriate behavior so it's differential reinforcement of other. Let's take this cup and fill it full of Play-Doh and jam our hands in it and squeeze it and feel it. So we're still incorporating the wildness of a child getting to play and experiment in a way that seems unruly, but at the same time, 
it's using the same substances that were used in the negative behavior to show how you can still do what you're doing in a wild way, but now it's an other behavior. It's not the behavior that is negative. And differential reinforcement is incompatible. So this plays into, uh, like, as far as my son with his autism, he likes to bite himself when he gets anxious. And so you look at what does he do when he's performing that action? What's involved? What body part? So the body parts are the mouth, the hands, and the teeth. So what you want to do is you want to find a way to engage that child in a behavior that involves those body parts so they can't do what they're doing. So in my son's case, he's throwing a tantrum. Now he's fighting himself. And so he's using his hands and his mouth. So what I do is um, instead of having him do that, if the behavior is highly escalated, uh, we have a protocol, hands behind the back. Uh, We hold our hands behind our back. I model the behavior for him in front of him so I'm not a threat. My hands aren't reaching out in a disciplinary action. My hands are behind my back. I'm modeling the behavior I want to see. And while the hands are behind his back, we do deep breathing and relaxation. And then he has that moment of calm. In that moment, that's when I'll hand him his uh, iPad in both hands and I'll have him type. So he can't bite his hands if he's typing and I'm molding his behavior into something that's more acceptable, a more appropriate way of communicating. But here's the kicker. Yeah. I wrote this uh, help this man who was a disabled man. He founded the first hypnotherapy school uh, years ago. He passed away now. But he wrote a book on, and I helped him with it, on how uh, parents project behavior onto their children. And, and it all has to do with suggestive input. So, for example, if a kid is um, running around doing, uh, you know, being wild and crazy. The parent perceives the child, oh, this he's hyperactive. He's all over the place. He's going to get hurt. So now the kid wants to get dressed to go outside. But the parent's mind is projecting their behavior. You're going to get hurt. So the first thing they say to the child, now don't go run down that hill because you'll fall and get hurt. Well, what's going to happen is they've placed the suggestive input in the child's mind and condition the child to do that, and that's what normally will happen. Yes, they found that with students as well. Teachers that Excellent. expect more out of students have, yes. um, you know, so students learn more and, and Very, over teeth. Uh, insightful. Elaine, right? My name's Emily. Emily, yeah. Uh, who was Emily it that just Emily. spoke about the, all the Elaine. Elaine, right? Elaine, yeah. So now I've got Emily and Elaine on the phone at the same time. That's awesome. <laughs> we got two E's. Yeah, I'm gonna well, have to work on. The, so Emily's the one with the uh, with the baritone voice. <clears throat> Today it well, is. <laughs> Today. Today right? baritone. <laughs> My, well, the okay, thing anyways. the thing that Good most stuff. people oh, are you gonna continue um, no. Donaldson? But, you know, Donaldson, what you said earlier about um, computers replacing um, blue-collar level work, actually, I heard an expert last night on Coast to Coast AM, a computer expert, 
Uh-huh. And um, they were saying, he was saying that actually it's easier for computers, and they're actually already doing it, um, to replace the knowledge, you know, professional level um, jobs than it is the um, the jobs that require physical labor or, you know, physical um, movement and activity because all computers do is all then they're already doing it for instance computers can give um better um diagnostic information better diagnosis of illnesses than doctors can because um all that they all we've been doing so far evidently is just entering in data entering in data and that way the computers get smarter and smarter and smarter and um so it's easier. So according to this guy, it's going to be easier to replace the lawyers and the doctors than it is the construction workers. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, okay, and, and well, to back I you up it. on that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I well, I just thank you for that. Go ahead. Uh, to back you up, I went on a tour to a place called Cooper Standard, and they make the. Um, uh, the framing around your window on your car and other frame type things it's all plastic and and how it, your window runs up and down and he said, "Notice in this factory now this is a worldwide factory. Notice in this factory how many robots we have, and they only had two yeah. because of the fact that this and what it was used for was to paint the trim around the glasses and then put them in the oven. And I watched how the one the one robot was able to pick it up straight, move it over, which we have in class, and he put it on the tr- – he had painted it on one side. He flipped it over with his little uh, proboscis, I'm going to call it, and put it down. Well, the other one, when he picked it up, if a body were doing this, he would have been in a chiropractor's office every five minutes because he twisted and flipped it over. But he had that whole um, a robot had to do an unusual body movement. And the heat was what they could tolerate. And there's a little bell that goes off because they need to, to have a product moved or something like that. But none of the others were able to be robotic because it needed the eye and the mind to be able to say, this works, that doesn't. This works, that doesn't. Right. And it's the quality. It's doing the quality that is the same. Because he, he pointed out when we were in the uh, lecture room, he pointed out if there's a mar on these very expensive cars on the silver uh, framing that you see on the outside, what they also do on the inside, but you also they also do the outside part. If there's a mar on a $60,000 car, who's going to buy that $60,000 car? No, that looks like crap. Right. So it has to, it needs the eye. The robot can't do it. And just imagine how difficult it would be to come up with an algorithm to teach a computer how to do all that. Well, we can program it in. There's programs. I mean, every bit of uh, anything that robot does 
is a program, and it is in binary and uh, hexadecimal. We're studying all that now, but it's the point that uh, everything cannot be replaced by a robot. Right. The repetition, same movement, but your cars, the cars that are made in Ford and the rest of them are all robotic, and they were making the point of when they used to be human, the human people used to put the frame on the car and they'd have to put holes in it, and then the rubber goes around it. Well, if you took the rubber off, you would find the hole is here and the hole is over there, but it's never uniform. With a robot, boom, 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 totally programmed to be able to do that. And that's the whole issue of why a robot for repetitive constant action is real good, i.e. the two that were done at Standard Cooper, I mean Cooper Standard. So um, there's a lot of stuff that they can't do with robots. I'm not sure that's why. And another example of, of something that they can't do and that this guy was talking about last night on Coast to Coast is that you know how they're trying to come up with um, cars that don't have steering wheels that we'll pay a whole bunch of money for that will just drive us all around. But he's saying that the cars that they're working on to be able to do that still can't differentiate between a you know a paper bag blowing across the front of the car versus a deer. And so he he was saying that if a paper bag just blows in front of the car, the car's going to stop. <laughs> so it's going to create, you know, so it's going to be a long while and it's going to be hard to teach that computer the difference that, you know, that it's okay to keep driving through that, you know, light paper bag that's not going to interfere with anything. Well, you know, remember on, in the space movies we've seen, they were on slots. Yeah. And they had no steering wheel. It was all by slots and you programmed where you wanted to go. But slots don't have you having cars pass you. They don't have deers coming across. And that, I think, is what they're really going to be doing because then they can totally control you. And now, this is something I question. You're talking about robots versus human beings. Now, aren't they, the powers that be, trying to figure out how to make a half-person, half-robot? They have the humanized robots, and they're they're working very heavily on it. There's even a video that you can watch about a robot that was with this one school. They loved that robot so much, and because he had a head and he had arms and everything. When they when he he was going to England, let's say, and they were in tears of losing their robot. They humanoided. They humanoided as much as possible. And how many of you ever read the book Stepford Wise? Oh, yeah. Stepford Wise was all robots. Yeah, very scary. <laughs> Television show. Very scary. Movie. Absolutely right. Well, very the men scary. loved it. <laughs> I know. But who was running the show? A woman. <laughs> that was a total twist. I thought it was a man, but it's a woman <laughs> that was running the show and having all the women so they weren't challenged to her. Boy, I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
But uh, going back to the special needs child, what I used to do with my son to help him, his I do not, uh, he was not autistic, Elaine, so I'm not ever saying what, what you do with your son is wonderful. Mine wasn't autistic. He, he did have retardation. And, uh, but what I did was I prepared him for anything. If he goes to grandma's house or if he's going to the store with me, if he was going to do the, uh, anything that we would be with people, I prepared him as to how he was to act. And when, I, when we were there, he might forget, I, because he was like a seven-year-old. So I, I would tell him, this is what you need to do. And if I say stop, you need to stop. And that was his, his, his control word, stop, okay, stop. Because he needed the stop mechanism. With hyperactivity, they don't know how to stop. Yeah. And stop was a big word that he really got. And he was able to talk sort of, kind of. It was very garbled and very hard to understand. But I taught him his street address and his telephone number by singing. 101st and Winchester. hundred and, <laughs> and he, could, he could sing that, but it came out with, because he, his, his mouth didn't form the words very well. So it was, uh, he had, he got speech therapy later, but it was, it was totally a thing that you got to learn what's going to work for your kid. I don't care if there's special needs or normal needs or exceptional needs. They all have to be there. I raised five only children. I didn't raise five children. Each one was different. And when you look at them as individuals and treat each other as individuals, you respect each other. The kids across the street are scraping the windows for mommy <laughs> on the car. But there's snow on them? No, just ice. Oh, wow. It that That's cold last cool. night. Well. But it's cute okay. to watch him do it. It's going to be 80 here today. Oh, okay. <laughs> But no, forgive me, ladies and gents, because I can be okay. a little insensitive. Okay, I'm with the dog. Hello? Yeah, okay. I was just saying, please forgive me if I sound a little insensitive with regard to um, the special needs children. I, I, I was not con- really considering that uh, that context when I was mentioning uh, the, the stuff earlier. So, uh, yeah, definitely... Thanks for, for bringing that back up, Wonder. Well, and, and, and Donaldson, we're all special needs. Each one of us have special needs. We aren't all cookie cutters. We, aren't, we weren't baked in the same oven at the same temperature each in our little plate of cookies. Mm-hmm. We all have special needs. You have special needs because of the riotous way you were raised. Or not raised. So and then, what do I? I did, and Elaine did, and, and uh, Orpha and Emily. We all had different family environments. Yeah, my mother was riding through Kaiser aluminum while she was pregnant with me on a bicycle, breathing aluminum oxide. <laughs> no wonder I'm such a gift. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
There you go. You know, I just wanted to be poisoned by aluminum while I was in the womb. Yeah, think about that stuff. So instead of special needs, what do you say? Well, how do you determine when you have? Just do you use child with a child with you know with mental uh, challenges, mentally challenged or physically challenged? The terminology that is most respectable. Mm -hmm. Well, we used to the the derogatory term was ah he's stupid he's retarded he's this. Mm Well, no, it's, it, he may have been autistic or she may have been autistic. And the issue here is that people didn't recognize that there were differentiations in different ways children were, uh, were having their problems as, as infants until they started labeling them all. And this was the thing that was so important that uh, the labeling is what... Uh, you know, got some differentiation, different ways to care for them, and, and it really does help the kid. It really does help to have a differentiation. Uh, special needs can be emotional, can be physical, can be uh, mental, can be uh, anything that makes the child different without labeling them. Did you hear what they're, what they're doing? For the autistic kids here in the movie industry, the movie theaters, Wonderland, they're, what they're going to do once a month is they're going to have um, movies, but they're going to leave the lights on. They're going to let kids run all around, and it's oh, going to be their day so that they're going to, because I guess autistic kids don't are scared of, you know, the lights being off or something like that and other things. So it's going to be once a month they're going to have a, a day where kids can go to the movies and just not have to be quiet and watch Oh, the that's wonderful. <laughs> See, that's, that's being conscious. Because, uh, it, because uh, even with people that have uh, dyslexia, mm-hmm. you can tape them like we talked before about putting them on recording. They're not stupid. And, dis- and autistic kids are not Stupid! They're brilliant. How many of you saw that movie with um, the numbers kid, the guy in the numbers? What was it? Uh, oh, that was with Dustin Hoffman, I believe. Rain yeah, Man. That's it. It was. That's it. it was um, Rain Man. Oh, Rain, Rain Man. Man. Rain yeah. Man. Rain. And that's it. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, he was. He had to be. Excellent he had movie. to be watched. But what he could do with numbers. Right. That's that's a point. There was a, a phrase I read when my kid was real, real little. And a doctor said it, and it is so wonderful to think of a doctor even noticed it. He said, you can tell the difference in a child by his eyes. If there's sparks in the eyes, there's stuff there. And that's what's so important. How many adults have we watched? There's no spark anymore. That's right. And Elaine sent me a picture of her and her son while they were on vacation. And she's taking the picture. Well, he's got his face real up close to the camera. And he's got the most beautiful blue eyes and the most beautiful smile on his face. It is just precious. And a little straw hat on. I look at that every morning when I go out to get my coffee. And he's smiling at me. (laughs) 
and and that's the point. And, and see, Elaine's relating to us how her son has He can take pictures in a camera alone. He's supposed to not be able to do those things because he's autistic. You know, it's, it's the labeling that causes the problem. Mm-hmm. And when we stick a label, how many kids have been... I have adults in my... Um, in my uh, electronics classes, well, I've got ADD. I can't learn that. I'm <laughs> bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'll tell it to right to their face. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Because all labeling's done is stop people from growing. And the guy who started all the labeling, he said, they were all lies. We made it up. That's the crime. Hello? We're here. Did I lose you? Yeah, I thought I lost you because I forgot to take my phone with me out of the kitchen. But it, it, how many lies have been done on these kids? Well, start out with Santa Claus. Christ. I mean, and so, Toothberry. It was bad enough. Then there's a Toothberry. And... How many yeah, lies are kids taught in school just in general? The whole yeah. approach to another lie teaching is, is that wrong. Oh, go ahead, um, Emily. Sorry, it's all, it's all right. I'm finished. The whole uh, the whole approach to teaching, you know, the yeah. dumbing down and all of that. It's all it's all bad. And it used to be long ago um, that they would focus on each student's strengths, and Correct. they were much much smarter, and they they knew. They were proficient in three different languages and all sorts of things like that. Well, and if you go back, just for piggybacking on that, Emily, if you go back in history, all of your geniuses were home taught. Mm-hmm. You, Every one of them were home taught or self taught. They were not, oh my lordy. Oh, it, 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 nobody in those older days, and I brought it up before the requirements to get into Wofford back in the 1800s, they had to, it was almost at a master degree level of today. They had right. to know oh, yeah. languages to read, to write, and speak. They had to know um, their math, yeah. all levels of their math, and they had to know, the, uh, and, and English wasn't one of the languages. It had to be foreign languages. And uh, what was it? Uh, they had to know their sciences. Yep. They even had to know astronomy. Charlotte, I don't know anything about astronomy today. Charlotte Iserby has done all that research. That's all in her um, deliberate dumbing down of America. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And see, when I went to school, we did college prep, which prepared us to go to college. And it was about the languages. We had two and three languages. I had Latin, English, and Spanish. I had sciences. I had three forms of sciences. I was a major in science. I had all my math. But I was in high school. And some of these kids, um, they don't even go to high school in the ancient time, in the 1800s and stuff. They were homeschooled, and then they went into college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the whole difference. And the, and the languages they learn, a lot of them learn languages from their grandparents because their grandparents were foreigners. Correct, correct. 
correct. And now we have people come over here and they won't even speak in their native language. They think it's outdated to do that. And they're depriving those kids of a second language. You know what I would love to see happen is less government control over our children's education and and less, um, yeah, like smaller government, I think definitely is the solution, you know, at least for this for this land and 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 all all the lands actually but yeah definitely smaller government that way you know parents can have a choice to 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 not determine a label for their child well you know one of um that's a popular um idea because you know one of Reagan's president Reagan's campaign promises was to get rid of the department of education and um Charlotte Iserby was his advisor and she was the one that discovered all this, this um, you know, communistic plot that's been in education for dating back to the early 1900s, I think, is when they first sat down and all decided that what they wanted to do was just teach in schools um, kids how to just become good little um, workers for the government. Employees. for themselves. That's exactly right, and and that has been the M.O. for so much of what we've got going today. That is exactly the point, that uh, keep them dumb and, uh, well, what was that song in the First World War? You can't keep them down on the farm once they've been to Paris. Right. <laughs> yeah. You could aid them. It took them out of that box and brought them into a world of, <clears throat> whoa, there's so much more stuff out here. I'd rather be out here, which is true. What was that again, Elaine? Oh, um, I'm sorry. I was talking to my son, but I uh, I forgot I was off mute. I'm sorry. Um, oh, but no. I did want, I, you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm listening to you. The... Uh, the IEP, Individual Education Plan, is what was adopted uh, with the IDEA law, Individual with Disabilities Education Act. And that said that everybody was an individual regardless of the labeling. And labeling was good initially because it wasn't, okay, we're all in a special ed class, uh, we're all dummies, you know, let's just uh, teach them shapes and colors and let it go. So that was the way it was when you just had labeling. You know, here's a retard, here's this, here's that. They're all learning disabled, so let's give them Play-Doh and let them have some fun. But then more comprehensive uh, ideas came forward, and that would be uh, IEP. So the individual education plan had to identify the person's disability and then based on assessment, targeted weaknesses, and the weaknesses were baselined by social adaptive development and um, cognitive functioning in each one of those areas. And so that way the individual was able to be um, educated according to their disabilities, weaknesses presented by the disability, spaghetti and fruit roll of breakfast. And so it's it's just a real... uh, different way of thinking, and the way that that translates to the normal mind, when my son was um, really crazy and wild, 
and I didn't know what to do. And, you know, I had to get ready for work and, and, and do this and that. And how do I deal with this? And I went to my doctor and I said, um, I need some Ritalin for my son, his behavior. And that was because that was the norm. That's what you do when you have a hyperactive kid. And so, but I was so thankful because my doctor said, I won't give that to you. He said, you might, if you want that, you might as well go on the street, stand on a corner, and tag down some drug dealer and get it off the streets because that's exactly what Ritalin is. Wow. Wow. He said mm. it's just a street drug, and it's only a, a Band-Aid for the underlying problems that you need to address. And because he told me that, I didn't have the easy way out. I couldn't pop a pill in my son's mouth and go on with my day. I had to take responsibility for both my parenting and the development of his actions. And see, that's where we get confused with our responsibilities. We're responsible for everything that we say and do and how it impacts another. And we don't understand it because it's a lot easier not to be responsible and just to follow along. Give me that Ritalin. And um, so I really learned I had to go through a lot of behavioral intervention training. And I can't express to you how um, awful and, and helpless and frustrated I felt when a behaviorist from UCLA Autism Diagnostic Center came to administer my first 80 hours of behavioral intervention training and told me, you're reinforcing your child's behavior. And my first response was, hey, wait a minute, I'm a good parent. I'm trying to do the best I can. This is, I'm not reinforcing his behavior. He's disabled. That's what I'm dealing with. But what he pointed out to me is regardless of disability, inability, or ability, uh, people reinforce behaviors. And um, it's funny. And and so for me, it was a big life-changing moment. And um, the schools adopted that with the IEP and and I am really thankful they did because I thought my son's school at the state level, filing state complaints, uh, you know, administering the IEP mandates, and won three times. And all three times um, the state mandated and affirmed that the schools were out of compliance to federal law and needed to adapt. And what's in that adaptation was a form of checks and balances where there was a reporting process, not only based on the development or advancement of my son's abilities, but on the abilities of the instruction that was being presented. Was it being presented according to the needs assessment that was performed on my son before the plan was drafted? But the diet, your son's diet was never looked at, was it? Yes, it was, and actually I was driving to Laguna Beach, which was a 80-mile round trip every weekend, and doing everything that I could possibly do with diet and nutrition and all of that. Was it 100%? No, but it was the best that it could have been. I did uh, fly in a doctor from New York, and back then they didn't realize that uh, autistic people have... um, uh, what's called nystatin, and, uh, a super huge excessive amount of nystatin or statins. And so these statins or these little yeast uh, critters 
uh, accumulate and develop and overdevelop in the spinal column go into the brain. And it that comes from food. Up. Everything that we that's inside well, our body. This comes, this let, it, let her finish, Elaine. Oh, okay. Let her finish bringing out the point she's bringing out. Well, the only thing I was going to say is, is you know, the stability of my son, the autism, is not just mental, it's biophysical. And so mm-hmm. in his right. case, regardless of diet, he was his body was producing more statins than it needed. And so that had to be um, addressed. And so I talked to, I read research from a doctor in New York who was using um, statins, nice statins, to remove the excessive amount of statins in a, an autistic individual's brain and my son's brain. And I said to him, would you please prescribe because nobody out here knows of this. And he said, I can't unless I physically evaluate your son. And he said, I'm flying to Los Angeles. If you'll meet me here, we'll perform an assessment. And if, it, if it's appropriate, I'll prescribe. So that, doing that and meeting with that doctor gave me the one-up that I needed to help my son over the hump because it did diminish his confusion and, and a lot of the behavior because he was able to be more biochemically balanced. So, you know, my son's drinking uh, organic lemonade <laughs> this morning. Herbs <laughs> <laughs> could help balance his endocrine system and his hormones and all of that. But that's not something that medical doctors know anything about. But um, my idea is that, you know, we are all special and have special needs. And in in the uh, long run, what I found out, it's not just head knowledge of how to raise children and how to reinforce appropriate behavior. What works more than anything is love. And I know that sounds crazy, but loving, being able to see through the eyes of love allows you not to be reactive because you're taking responsibility for the emotional well-being of the person you're with. And it's, and if that way you can control how you handle your behavior in dealing with a behavioral issue. That's well, that's, awesome. that brings up the point that I was, I was going to bring up earlier in the sense of um, we are all animals. And a dog, when you're training a, a dog, a dog will lean against you if he thinks he can get away with it. And that's him being in control, just like Orpha went through with the grandchildren and who they knew they can manipulate. The dog does the same thing. And there's a way that one of my dog trainer, when I had my standard poodle, was he taught me to use uh uh-uh. With using uh uh-uh, my voice can get louder, but it doesn't get meaner. When you're using no, 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 you know, there's meanness to it, and there's uh, such violence in it, where it was, uh-uh, oh, wow. uh-uh, uh-uh, and, and Peppy is so priceless, and she's so smart. I've gotten a new stopper on my door. She can open up the inside door because it doesn't always latch. It's a screen door, and she can open it up and scoot out. Before, when I didn't have the stopper, you know, the the door thing, jam, whatever you call it, to make it close and stay closed. She used to pop it open and out she'd go. Well, when I come, when I see her 
and she's in the house on the porch, I go, uh-uh, back up. And she knows. And she knows not to go barking. She goes, uh-uh. It's our tone and our responses to the kids that they get. And the more you come, what you just said, Elaine, is priceless because you've got to come from love. If you're not coming from love, they get it. There's a dog over here in the yard on the big house. It's in neglect. It's fed every day. It gets its water every day, and no one touches it. They have chained up now, and they have no house for it, and I've complained, and I've gotten my ass whipped by this grandson who does not live here. And um, so they're supposedly going to be take, hopefully taking care of it today. If not, I'm going to call I, whatever that group was that you said, the IPASC A- or whatever it is. A- and, uh, A-S-P-C-A. It's right. the Animal Protection. Protection. Um, something, something. I'd have something, to look something. it up. Yeah. A- A- the ASPCA, yeah. And, and, uh, and have them remove that dog because we think they yeah. want to use that dog as a breeder to breed uh, pit bulls for fighting. And I don't well, want that. Well, the thing is, not only will they remove the dog and get it help and, and a new home, they will arrest the owners for treating the dog that way. Those people will go to jail. Good. That, That's that, what that is what. That, exactly. People think that they, you know, just because it's an animal that they can mistreat it and and abuse it and do whatever they want because it's just an animal. No, that's exactly that. the phrase. Also, that's exactly the phrase he used on me because I text uh, Wes as the step grandfather, and I te- I said it's going to be 37 degrees out here. That dog needs a house, and I and I very much stated a neglected dog will die. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he bought the dog inside and put it on the porch, but he wasn't in the porch last night. And something upset him, very, uh, upset her very badly, and she was barking for quite a while. And um, the owner does not live on this property. He is forcing his grandparents to be taking care of the child. They do not touch the dog, I said, child. But he said to me, he said, you keep your nose out of my business. This isn't your dog. You have dirty white dogs. White dogs get dirty. And those <laughs> black dogs, but most people don't wash their black dogs. But the issue here is that saying, mind, mind your own business. This is none of your business. I said, you are trespassing. You do not belong there. And he, he, he was so vehement and so disrespectful that I ca- I actually texted the property manager and and told her of, of what was going on and I I uh, emailed her all that was going on. Uh, I'm not going to allow this dog to be punished. That Good man came into the this yard. Listen to this. This that man is a perfectly healthy man. He works full time, makes a lot of money. They're not getting the house. A dogaloo cost between twenty six and fifty dollars, not yeah. a big expense, and you can put cedar uh, chips on the bottom, and the dog's got a dry, warm place. Otherwise, he's in a crate that's for shipping. It's got air holes in it, and mm-hmm. it rains in it. 
So this guy is here the other day. You know what he does? He goes to the gate. His dog's on a chain. He talks to the dog over the gate. Doesn't go in and touch the dog. Doesn't do anything. Oh, hi. Hi, Kaylee. What you doing? I mean, I don't know what he said. But he just talked to the dog. He didn't go in and touch it. He didn't go in and do anything because it's just a dog. And that, and that is so so sad. So sad. Very sad. Well, that's why I'm on his case. <laughs> yeah. And if well, and, and good. And actually, it takes people like you and any of us that see an animal that's being abused. It is our responsibility to take care of that, you know, situation, to do something about it. It's just like if you saw a child being abused, would you just sit there and let it happen? No, you'd call somebody to help, you know. Who lives in the house? Wonder. The grandparents and, and the special needs aunt. They have a special need girl, Michelle. I call her Michelle. Everybody calls her Tony. And uh, Michelle is about between, she's a preteen in capabilities. But she's 52 years old, chronologically. Mm-hmm. But she's not capable of living on her own. She's, she lives with her mother and her stepfather. And uh, she's totally safe. And she knows she's safe with me. She, I mean, because I've been a special ed teacher. I understand. And they one time went out and they, they asked her to come with her, asked her to come with her, asked her to come with them. She said, no, I've got my PJs on. And she really only heard we're going to the store. And they were going over to visit some of the grandkids at the great-grandkids at the house. And they were going to be gone for a while. She didn't get that. She's a preteen. Where did everybody go? What? And she she came out, and it was starting to lend, uh, lightning and thunder. She got scared. I invited her to my house. They were pissed that she did that. So, I mean, it's like, hmm, I have a lot of tilts going on here. So <laughs> They're abusing the dog and the, and the girl. Ugh. Well, they're not abusing her. It's just that they're they're expecting her to be 52 years old. And I said to Wes, Wes, you cannot think of her as 52 years old. She's she's a preteen or a teen. She's not capable of making those transitions. Her nephews are way past her in capabilities. And she's a good little gal. She's a real good little gal. If she gets something wrong, it's like any of our special needs people. They get it wrong and they go ballistic. So it's, it's, it behooves us to, to really, really look at all they're doing and how many more kids are, are uh, ADD or ADHD or LD, whatever the acronym they want to put on it, how many more there are today in our lives because right. they want them labeled. I mean, when she well, was born, there was, was only... Food. Whoops, what, what, I just Patty think... Patty and then Orpha. Patty's an orphan and then, and then Emily. Well, when Patty a 52-year-old person was born, there weren't that many autistic children, and now it's tenfold or more. 
you know, well, because of our vaccines and stuff. We all know what it is, but will they stop giving it to them? No. Nope. You know, the minute they found out something was poisonous, they should have said no. But it was the other way around. Hey, we yes. used this in Nazi concentration camps to calm the people. Let's fluoridate the water in America. Yeah. Let's use a bad fluoride instead of a good fluoride. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Orpha. Yeah. Um, I forgot what the one point that I was going to make there, but I was going to make a, a a a comment on something you had said a little bit earlier about the tone of our voice talking to our yeah. animals. Right. <laughs> one thing that I've noticed with my dog, you know, she has her own little routine when she goes outside. You know, she goes right. around the whole out perimeter of the yard, and if she just is standing there not doing anything, I'll I'll ask her, "Are you done?" And she knows there at that point, she understands, even though she doesn't really understand the words I'm saying, apparently the tone of voice I'm using, she knows that that means, okay, I need to either get on the pot or get off of the pot, okay? (laughs) And so she'll either go ahead and do her business or she will figure out, yeah, I'm done, and she will then come running, sniffing the ground, you know, hurrying up her business on the way. Well. Sometimes I've gone out there and I'll be doing my oil pulling at the same time. Well, I can't really call out, are you done? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I will, I will think those words, you know, if I need to hurry her up or something, I'll uh-huh. think those words and I'll go, mm-hmm. And she knows she does the same reaction that she has if I were to actually say the words. So, uh-huh. so they do know the tone of voice. And... She she will either hurry up and do her business or she'll come running to go back inside. So it's very interesting that, you know, even though I'm not, I, I think, well, she knows the words, but it's not really the words that they know. It's the tone of voice when you say those words. There you, you go. Know? So, so it's very interesting. I forgot the one point that I was going to make when I'm... Anyway, if I think of it, I'll say it. But... <laughs> <laughs> it is your observation. Remember, observations are very good. And I have used that uh-uh on um, new dogs. I've used it on old dogs. I've used it on any any type of dog. They all get it when I say it. Well, what, I would, what I was going to say is that I think it would be interesting. It would never happen, but if you could put all kids or all people with ADD or ADHD and autism on a uh, raw fruit diet for a month, with including lots of organic berries and salads at night, or even just all fruit, and just see what would happen. See how many of them would still have their problems and how many of them would calm right down. And then, well, I, go ahead. And then even better than that, then, you know, the next month they could be um, see naturopaths who have a clue and start augmenting that all-fruit diet with um, with herbs. Because if this guy could get rid of his polio that way, of course he did um, water fast first, but um, a lot of people with with lesser conditions could certainly get rid of theirs. Yeah, I watched that nine-day cancer special they had. It's over. It was over yesterday. 
about the yeah. different diets and all the different things people were doing rather than chemo and yeah. radiation and it's, stuff. It's and it's, nature has an answer for all our ills. We just don't want to. We just don't want to do the work. We just don't want to try it because, you know, you have to go through healing crises and it's not all fun getting detoxed and getting rid of all the junk inside. But it's the junk inside that's causing all our mental issues and physical problems and uh, nervous system disorders and so-called diseases. We don't want to change our... all the doctors back to school. Well, there's a couple of them in the hospital is just to monitor what's going on right now and send them all back to learning natural medicine. Exactly. Well, the, they haven't learned, they haven't had one course in it in medical school. Uh-huh. No, they have. That's the point. They haven't had any of it in their right. medical school. Because it's and all of go, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say with the, the issue, this is a great point that when people are push comes to shove, they do do it. And uh, and if they want to save their lives. What we have a, a, a problem with is a failure to communicate. The failure to communicate is, uh, I just got something from Sun Corella and they were talking all about raw food, raw food, raw food, raw food. And I'm reading down the whole thing. And then they say, but you can't get it off from raw food. You got to have a supplement. Uh, no, you don't. But that's the that is the uh, trying to to muddy the pot because raw food is advantageous if the food is good, and that's where we get really into the catch twenty two about whether the food is good. Well, and also, and, yeah. Go ahead. And also the naturopath. Um, a lot of the naturopaths aren't true naturopaths, and they are wanting to push these man-made supplements, which right. are very different from whole herbs, unadulterated, you know, where the whole herb is used, and it's not dissected and taken apart and by scientists and then put in some other, you know, natural, quote-unquote, supplement. And then, you know, like what Alex Jones is selling and, all these, you know, all these famous holistic, you know, Dr. Marcola is probably selling them too. And you have very few true blue naturopaths that go, you know, um, only use the basics and only stick to nature. But if you stick to nature, and, and the other problem is that, you know, people don't try it. They think that they've tried it. They'll take a couple supplements or something, but they'll keep, eating their standard American diet or maybe they'll just, they'll eat, maybe they'll become a vegan, but they'll still be eating whole grains and thinking that's healthy or, and, um, you know, others and protein, the whole protein myth is just, if if people realize that protein is, um, especially animal protein or protein from legumes, beans and um you know all this remember um vegetarians used to be so concerned about getting a full protein where you take beans and mix them with grains um you know thinking that that was helpful and it's just it's not 
it's dangerous. It, if you eat protein while you're while you have cancer, just watch your cancer grow, according to um, Dr. Morris. It's just going to increase the tumor size and all of that. Um, so anyway, that's all I have to say. Well, with with what you're saying, it gives us new uh, in, uh, information that you've repeated, which is I'm gonna, numbers of times over gives us more reality on what you're saying. So it's it's important that we do keep hearing it, and uh, it is important that we are uh, tuning in to what is good for us and what is bad for us. What we have to get through our heads, is the demand to do it. Because the demand is not what we want to hear. It has to be your choices. And a lot of people won't do choices. We know that. Because it is all about choice. And but also... I, again, what, what, uh, just to finish this up, what you've gone through, Patty, in the last four years or that you've been on our call about the, your willingness to do something different, your willingness to try something different, and or go, I've stopped all of it. I'm stay, staying with this. That's, the, that's been the beauty for all of us to learn. So go while, ahead. I'm, while I've got her, Emily, I want to ask you about a supplement I bought. It's called, it's from Heritage Store. It's called Adamidine. A-P-O-M-I-D-I-N-E. And let me see if I can get it. What are that. the ingredients? Well, it says... Uh, uh, warning, do not... Okay, directions. Edgar Casey's, uh recommended this method of filtering... With uh, anyway, you put a drop in a glass of water and you drink it in the morning, and it's supposed to get all the radiation and stuff out of your body. And what's in it? Uh, let me look at the ingredients. Oh, I gotta get a little light. My eyes are getting bad. Uh, amount supplemental facts. Serving size. Um, ingredients: six hundred milligrams of iodine. Other ingredients, water and iodine tint trichloride. Mm. But it's from Edgar Casey. It's something I'll spell is it, it, is to it you. Is it really does it say on the bottle that it's an Edgar Casey remedy? Yes. And it's um I'll spell it for you. Well, if it's an Edgar Casey remedy then it's probably okay, but the thing is, do you really need it? I don't know. That's why I wanted to check. I wouldn't just I wouldn't just take it just, you know just for fun because you don't want to upset your balance of I I would get the, my iodine from um sea vegetables eating sea vegetables every day. Okay. Well, I thought I'd just spell it to you and you could look it up for me and see what you found out about it. Well, well, you can well, Okay. Well, I mean, you you can look it up and just go do a search for just that those words and like you could put in dangers of I would just search the second word that you that you said, um, and then put dangers of in front of it, and see if there's any, if it's man-made, and if it, there's any, you know, anything bad about it. But you know, because it sounds like it's just, 
it's not, you know, as natural as it's not something that is grown in nature. And same with the iodine. But, you know, in an emergency situation or whatever, you know, then fine. You know, if you just, there has been a nuclear explosion, take a bunch of it. But <laughs> not, yeah. not for, you know, everyday use. I don't think that these people that are buying all this iodine on uh, InfoWars are, you know. Oh, I didn't just, get it there. I got it at uh, Super Supplements because it was on sale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would keep it. I would just keep it ha- around in case that. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up and study it a little bit more. I just like it because it's. But Edgar pattern. Hasey is was wonderful, and they, if it's a real Edgar Hasey remedy, then sure, and I wouldn't worry about well, it. Well, it's spelled A T O M I D I N E. And then I might also search that word with yeah. Edgar Casey next to it and see if you come up with any results okay. other than where you bought it from. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that website has, uh, I looked at that with Patty. Um, I think Patty's, it's a good idea to think about, you know, protecting yourself against radiation because um, all the recent studies are saying that this uh, Fukushima or Shima radiation has already hit the West Coast and the levels are five rad or whatever. It's the, the norm is three and and uh, four or something, three and above is a risk factor and five can be deadly. And so we have that five degrees or whatever it is of radiation on the West Coast right now. So, But here's what I did. I had bought some potassium iodide tablets and I thought to myself, oh, it might be a good idea to boost my thyroid's immunity by taking this. And so I started taking one tablet as prescribed a day. Well, after about three days of it, I started getting uh, really nauseous. And it, was, and it was just because probably I was taking it on an empty stomach, but it, is, it builds up. It builds up, I then builds up in your system, and it takes a while for it to go out. So I think studying a, an appropriate dosage for protection doesn't mean taking it every day, but taking it maybe once a week or something like that. But I did look up with uh, Patty on that autonomous is it, that iodine that she saw. And it does trace back to Edgar Casey's really works. So I think it's a, it's a good idea, to, especially with Patty, because the jet stream has changed now, which is good for those who can. It's moving down uh, where it used to be right along the equator. It would move from the north onto the equator going east. Now it's going below the equator, but I think that has to do with the shift of the planet. So basically the the Fukushima jet stream coming from Japan and then coming up near the United States is now going below. So the jet stream is pushing the radiation away, but that's not going to affect the contamination in the water and the Soil absorption of radiation. Right, and the fish we're eating. And... Yeah. So it's a good idea to, to to research it and study it, you know. But I don't, uh, I think, like like uh, Emily said, if we're in a nuclear war, you need to be taking it right away. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. That's good to know. Uh, well, Dr. Elaine, 
help me. You guys, I almost had to go to jail for fish abuse. Uh-oh. I couldn't figure out why my fish was getting sick, and he was getting sicker and sicker. You do not put ice cubes in with betas. With what? With a with a beta fish. I was giving him an ice cube every afternoon, and he started getting really sick. <laughs> Why are you giving Why, why are you doing that? <laughs> because I'm stupid. God knows it's a good thing I didn't have any children. <laughs> I thought he might need to cool down. It was summertime, you know. I didn't know what I was doing. Plus, I was overfeeding him, you know. So oh I'm making him eat too much, and then I'm freezing him. <laughs> Pretty soon he was going to be a popsicle. <laughs> But he's fine now. I quit feeding him for a week and a half, and no more ice cubes. And now he's running around in his dish like he's all happy again. So good. And he Elaine no rescued him. I called Elaine. I go, help. She goes, well, what are you doing? Now? Giving him ice cubes. You're what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, only you, girlfriend. Only you. You are too funny. See why I didn't um, have children? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find the logic behind that ice <laughs> Why you'd think a fish would need an ice cube. Because he was slow. He was just lethargic. I thought he was too hot. Well, you, <laughs> you realize that like they're you. cold-blooded animals, right? Which means they need the heat to keep warm. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, I see my this now. I like Blue. What? She been like... wanting to tell everybody that she likes blue all morning. Don't she likes blue? Blue. Oh, good job. We like blue too. <laughs> they like oh. blue too. If it's blue uh, instead of glue, she doesn't like glue, oh, does she? Okay. No, not blue. The color blue. Okay, good. <laughs> You're not letting her sniff glue. glue. <laughs> Although if she had glue, it'd probably be all over the walls. <laughs> oh well, she's priceless. She really is. Yeah, they they have simplicity, and that's what we all need—the simplicity mm-hmm. of life. Um, it's blue. Blue is calm. One of the things I was going to say about uh, this was like quite a bit earlier was one of the. Uh, Ways that I work with them, and this not only teaches them, um, right now they're having a spitting contest between each other. Um, (laughs) You know, they they make quite a mess, okay? Toys, because they're not told to ever pick them up. Um, And so I've taken that on as part of my responsibility to uh, do something about that. So what I do is I sit them down and I tell them that, you know, they... not a good thing for them to be making this kind of a mess all the time, drawing all over the walls, the the couches, the floors, the tables, the chairs, the computers, the garbage cans, you name it, they've colored on it. And I keep asking my granddaughter, I say, who's giving you this stuff? Where are you getting these? It's mom. But then mom complains about having to take two hours to scrub off the wall. I think, okay, uh, whose fault is this? <laughs> but anyway... I'm saying now you're going to clean it up. 
you are the one who's going to clean it up, not me. I will, I will supervise, but you clean it up. And what I have found is that they actually get into it and start enjoying cleaning up their own mess. Uh-huh. So it 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 shows that one they're giving the they're getting this activity, which helps them. You know they like to run back. I'll tell you what they love putting things in the garbage. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but they're what they're basically taught is that it's okay to just make a mess and throw it on the floor as long as you uh-huh. can. I yeah I, yeah instead of going ahead and taking it to the garbage, they just throw it on the floor. They dump things out. They, I mean, it's you know, crackers, chips, toys, water. But you teach them how to clean it up, right? And I teach them how to clean it up. Right there, you go. And okay. and when they get done, they they feel such a, a, a an accomplishment. Right. You know, that they feel really good. That wow, it's clean now, Grandma. I said, yeah, and you did it. Yay, you know. <laughs> That's right. So well, I'll tell you a carryover from that part. Excuse me. The carryover from that is when when they get older, they'll put their tools away. Because I noticed that with my sons, because the way I taught them was they could bring all the toys out. They had a particular toy cabinet. They could bring all of it out and play with it. They had pots and pans and trucks and motors and all kinds of stuff in there. They could all play with it. But what the ground rules were, when it's time for Daddy to come home, all of it goes away. And so I would give them a, a good almost an hour before Daddy would come home and we'd get everything away, clean everything up, get where it should be, and then if they if I was having them help me cook, they did that, but we had to clean up our mess as we went along. So that when now as adults, none of their stuff is left out. They put their tools away, they put their cars away, they put their stuff away. It's cleaned up by the time they're ready to go, instead of having someone come on after them. And uh the other side that I did with them was um the issue of uh, the more you take care of it, the longer you have it. And they got that. And it it is about us being that teacher and and really giving it to us. And we used to have space picnics, and we used to have different kinds of things in the house, and we just made a game of everything. And they... Earlier generations were much better parents. Well, I don't think it's better parenting. I think it's thinking outside our box. Because even other people, when I would talk to people, well, that's a good idea. I think I'll try that. And that's what they did. And it it works because I see the kids today, they expect to be waited on. Sorry. But, you know, my generation generation tried all tried to be friends with their kids. Oh yeah, that was a pain and in the and way. you know my my parents were just like you were you said you know and they were laid down the law and we did things just because they said so. They didn't right. have to go into long explanations about why when we would try and you know ask them. And so you know we just we were good kids and we did what they said. 
because yeah, well, you yeah. know they we knew that there would be consequences and we didn't want you know yeah. and and we had more respect i think for our parents these kids now don't don't really know what that what that means i don't think it's I, I I even see it in my younger son. You know, I got I got upset with him once, and he hung up on me, just hung up on me. And I go, I called him back. I said, "What did you do that for?" Well, if you're gonna talk to me like that, and I was just, what you mean? I can't I can't upset be upset. I can't you know voice my opinion. Uh, you're gonna just hang up on your mother. You know, it's like what? Who taught you that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm. You know, and it it's I don't know, I I I never questioned, you know well, I questioned it, but I wasn't rude about questioning my parents. When they told me to do something, I figured, okay, well, it's not really hurting me. I may not like it, you know, I may not like going to clean up the bathroom, but you know, oh well, that's part of what you do. You you help around the house or whatever. But these kids nowadays don't do that. They, um, well, it all came from that uh, that training, and I think uh, Emily or one of you mentioned it. Uh, it's the fact that the schools now uh, they report on whether or not you hit your child, and a right. child knows that he can get away with that, and right. he, they have put parents in jail for nothing. Because mm-hmm. the kid was, I have a perfect case now. This young mother was was uh, got married early, or she got tricked into being pregnant by her husband. She was using a diaphragm, and he punctured the hole. She got pregnant, and uh, uh, they had this one girl. And the young mother was smart enough to know this is not a good life. This man is violent. He drinks. He's, it's not a good life for this kid to grow up in. So she divorced him. And in the divorce, there was supposed to be visitation. She kept her side up all the time while she lived in Ohio. Then she moved to South Carolina and kept up the visitation, drove up, and she had money and was able to drive the car up. Well, Life changes, as we all know. She then became, I don't have the money. I, my cars are all broken. I have nothing that works, so I'm not able to come up to Ohio on this whim of a case that this judge wanted to see the daughter. Well, it turns out that the daughter was pissed at the mother for the mother, not, for the mother homeschooling her, and she thought her mother was stupid because that's what someone else who was her boss was telling her, totally off, undermining the mother's uh, authority and making the mother bad and that public school was good. And so the kid tells her father, well, I haven't been in school since uh, seventh grade or some such thing. And so they, a court case, she thought she was going to get visitation papers. Instead, it's a court case. It's a frivolous court case over a daughter being angry with the mother because she really didn't know how to talk to her mother about the abuse she was getting at work and that the father had been kind of calling this woman and feeding her bullshit. And so, if you know, it snowballs. Cause and effect always snowballs. And so it got this case. <clears throat> 
it got this miserable Quit face going. screaming and get down from there. <laughs> Am I unmuted? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got an acrobat crawling on top trying to stand on the head of her bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the way they go. But, but the case was unnecessary. It was a frivolous case brought around by a father who has been violent in front of her, drugs, uh, beer, wine, not wine, but uh, booze of, of any sort. And he has done a lot of very scary things with this child. And she doesn't want to go visit him. And she's 17 now. And so what I'm really getting at is when a child does a cause and effect, they don't realize how it mushrooms. Right. And she now has it. She sees what, how it mushrooms. She sees what she did. She and her mother have totally been working on this case. They've both done their truth serum. The young girl did one totally saying how this is what created this problem, and we are calling it a frivolous case because it is frivolous. And, and the judge gave us an out. He said, is this girl emancipated? And for all of you to understand, each of your states will have something in their child uh, chapters of uh, family law and stuff or codes, and, and it's called emancipation. And emancipation varies. It can be at 18 years of age. It can be at graduation from high school. It can be at uh, the judgment on uh, the court, just like Elaine told us last week. Well, this girl, we got all of her, uh, her verification. She's in college. She graduated in May, and she is emancipated, and we want this case go away. So I need everybody to really go be on energy with me on that this case goes away. She faxed it last night. She mailed it yesterday to get to the court so they have a whole weekend to read it. And and I think the judge will probably shove it out because the father's a liar and a cheat. And as she said, all they have to do is look at his record. He's got DUI. He's got domestic violence charges. He's got all this shit on him, and he, they want this girl to go visit him? No, 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 no. So uh, it behooves us to look at all levels of how people are t- talking to us, treating us. This young man out here in this yard was totally disrespectful to me as a senior. Maybe, oh. that's, maybe that's the reason why parents are afraid to discipline their kids. It's because they know the kids can turn them in. Yeah, That's the and, whole point. That's yeah, what I'm exactly saying, because that's what happened when my kids got out of school. That was very prevalent. Many a kid turned in their parents for smoking grass, for a yelling at them, for spanking them. Kids did. Your, your kids are, are in their 50s, right? They're my age, some of them, right? My kids were all born in the 60s, and my kids were in the the 80s. It was very prevalent. Oh, yeah, in the 80s. That was when it started. Yes, that's what they told the kids. But, yeah, I was in school in the 60s. If you hear this at home or if you're beaten up or you have someone spank you that shouldn't, i got to tell you, the fellows that I used to know in my talk club, 
and they were going with the lady who had some children, they had to be sure there was always a witness in the room around those children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they... of the a kid saying something. He could say something innocent, and it can be totally turned against the person. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the scary part. But in that. the 60s, it, you know, there, it wasn't. You didn't have that in the 60s. Right. And where I went to school, there was a school psychologist that we were all told if we ever had any problem or wanted to discuss anything with. But my parents had brainwashed into us that, you know, only people who were, you know, have are weird or whatever, somehow talking to a psychologist was a bad thing. They used to, my mother used to use it as a um, threat. Yeah, as a threat um, that she would take us to psychologists if we were did X, Y, Z or whatever. And when actually that would have been a good thing because we could have told told how verbally abusive she was to us some, uh, some a lot of the yeah. time. Okay, That's and that was probably her way of protecting herself. Right, exactly. That's her her. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, even the the point that uh, with my kids, when my husband and I separated, uh, he had to uh, take the kids to a uh, psychologist. And these kids told me later, they said, man, we had that psychologist going around in circles. And because it was in the mid-70s, they were able to do it. And they, they were made up stories. They made up all sorts of stuff and what was going on. And I, I told them later, I said, you know, you could have gotten your dad into deep doo-doo and uh, been arrested and all sorts of stuff. They said, we know that now. But at that time, they thought it was just a laugh. And that's the problem. The kids don't realize yeah. what the effect of what they're saying is going to turn on their parents who get thrown in jail. Yeah. That's why the DHS and the family courts are so insane today. Mm-hmm. Because kids said something. I mean, like the kid bringing a toy gun to school. He gets shot dead for a toy gun, a wooden toy gun. This is the insanity out there. So uh, it it behooves us to be teaching our children that, yes, you have a right to say something, but know what cause and effect is. That's why when your kids uh, are, are, are causing a problem, like or for your, you're showing them the cause was they put the crayons all over the place, the effect is they got to clean it up. What do you do when they refuse to get up and go to their room? I mean, yesterday was a perfect example. You know what? You picked them up and you physically put them there. I was looking at Oprah when when Nikki did it, and she says, you're not going to like this, Patty. And she got up, and she grabbed her by her ponytail, because she weighs more than I do. She kind of grabbed her by her ponytail and pushed her into the bedroom. That's and exactly right. Little Nikki was going, I freaking hate you. I freaking hate you. <laughs> I'm just standing there going, oh, my God. <laughs> That's exactly what you do. You pick them up. And it worked and quite well. She settled up. down. Five minutes later, I peeked in the room, and she was doing her homework. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, if you don't follow through like that and 
if it turns out to be physically putting them there by following through with, if you're going to threaten them, you need to be able to follow through with that threat. And not that we should be threatening them, but you can get the point. Then they will know, okay, well, I'm bigger than them. They can't do a darn thing to me, so I can do whatever I want. And they soon learn that. But if you find a way to get them in there, even without having to put them, you know, pick them up physically, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, there's ways. You can even just talk them into there. And if, also, if you find out what it is that they don't want to happen, you know. And also make sure that they know that if they try and turn you in, turn, you know, their parents in, that they could be taken away from their parents and, yeah, you know, and what that don't. would be like. And that, that right. would be the first lesson I would teach my kids. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't sure realize they that. Yeah. yeah, they don't realize that that can happen, and, and they really don't want that unless they've turned into really meanie kids. So, um, and that we have grandma doing that, it. that will always step in and take the kids for a day or two, and that helps. You know, oh, yeah. Gives yeah. Oprah exactly. a break. Because right after it happened, then Oprah sat down and she says, oh, God, I'm getting a massive headache now. So I came home, and here comes Bruce with my hamburger, and he brings me a marshmallow milkshake. And I thought, I don't need the sugar. Milkshakes are good for headaches. So I go over there, and I go, this is medicine for your mother. This is for her headache. And I gave her the marshmallow milkshake. <laughs> so her, she could have the sugar. But the the point is that you calmed down. and that, Yeah. That is what it's all about. It's and the kids are maturing and everything is getting better. It's wonderful. you know. At first, seeing her have to get up and forcibly put the kid in the room kind of, you know, but I don't know what I would have done. I would have done it. I wouldn't have done it that kindly myself because she's a lot bigger than, I mean, mom's bigger than I am too, and that was easy to do. And then... The nightmare began. Mom went out to the kitchen to open the refrigerator to start dinner, and she just started bawling. I said, what's the matter? She said, they turned up all the knobs. Everything's frozen in my refrigerator. And I turned around, and I looked at the kids, and they were both grinning. And I said, oh, you think it's funny to ruin the food so you don't have any dinner. That's real smart. I said, now I have to go without without dinner. So I came home and got two pounds of hamburger and what else? I took her some Brussels sprouts. I said, Bruce and I now have to eat hamburgers from the hamburger stand. And Oval goes, and you like that better because you don't feel like cooking, do you, Patty? And I said, no. (laughs) Actually, maybe what you should have done was say, okay, now I have to supply your food and go home and get Brussels sprouts and right. Liver, all the food they don't like. They don't like. Now, now you understand. You know, now all your food is gone. So I have to give you supper, and this is what you're gonna eat. Or, <laughs> or you or, go without food. <laughs> or you could just say, well, you, since you've ruined the food, now we have to go without food. We don't have any food. Well, that's true. That's Along the, the same one. line, we'll, just, we'll yeah. just have to drink water. And I'd already eaten a half a can of raviolis and the pea sprouts, the pea pods that I brought over. They wouldn't have, it wouldn't have hurt him to go without dinner, you know. Not with that big of a kid, no. No. 
But I don't, I, you know, I think using food or taking things away that are things that they need are wrong. We should be giving them good foods. They're craving the sugar and the garbage foods. Well, see, that's the point that or, or that Emily keeps saying. It is about the food. And the, the uh, they have done research where the kids were said, oh, they're all hyperactive. They need to be on this and that and everything. And what it turned out in this scientific research was the kids only ate what they really needed and stopped eating the other stuff. They don't sit there and gorge themselves unless they're in courage to do so. That's why obesity is so bad because they've been encouraged to keep on eating. You've got to be healthy with the big body. No, it's very detrimental to you. But the the kids that are they found in that research project that actually the kids stopped eating the sugar that they when they stopped eating the sugar and stopped taking in the sugar, they calmed down. Right. But before any of the research was done, they gave them sugar. They gave them donuts. They gave them candy. They gave them um, cake. They gave them cookies. Those are high in sugar. Oh, they're all hyperactive. Hello? And it's complex sugars, too. It's the oh, refined sugars, which are so bad. That's the point. Well, and the other thing, most people don't realize that even worse than just complex sugars is all of the gluten. The gluten is causing a lot of this hyperactivity. Right. And that is why they're putting them on Ritalin. The sugar, they'll burn it up and, and it's gone. The gluten, that doesn't happen with. So you all on the food, you know, they, this, is, this is what, you know, people aren't, aren't getting. It's mucus-forming anyway, and it clogs... The pathways to the brain. And I'll bet you that's why I have a runny nose all the time as a yep. kid was from gluten. And also the dairy does the same thing. Eating the what? a bunch of dairy. Mm. Yeah. And even Leave it meat. alone. Okay, am I unmuted? Yes. <laughs> you better get the whip. Put it on well, mute and get the whip. Well, <laughs> he's reaching up here on top of the counter and getting... The loaves of bread and the and the he wants gluten, damn it. Well, he does, but the thing is that the little um, bread tie things aren't on them, so they're open. He's dumping them. It's snowing bread. Dump them out on the floor. Grabbing all these loaves of bread out of his hands. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. It's just to keep you going, Graham. It's just to keep you going. <laughs> She's young enough to do it. I couldn't do it. Last year I well, might have been able to, but this year I don't know. Well, I'd tie them up. Well, <laughs> you want to encourage colds. If you get a cold after eating that way, you want to keep it going. You don't want to try and stop yeah. that cold because as you're getting rid of the mucus from eating that, you know the food that you ate just that week or whatever. And and, uh, when I was at that uh, Cooper Stanley thing, um, uh, yeah, Cooper Standard, I I found that they were extruding some of the plastic. I thought it was rubber, but it was plastic, and my chest started hurting so bad. 
And so it's like, I've got to get this out of my system because this is not good what what these people are breathing in and that none of them had gas masks on. That's right. And blame it on Mr. DuPont. Well, it, this was plastic. It, DuPont is, um, uh, wasn't he a paint and stuff or was he plastic also? Plastic too. And, and you know, that's what stopped our cotton production and stuff. They invented rayon, I think it was. I don't know. But when we went yeah. from natural fibers to artificial fibers, that's what's showing up in our... We breathe that artificial fiber in, the fish eat it, you know. we got to think about all this stuff. Yeah, all Doctor, the, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. Dr. Christopher was a big advocate of only wearing 100% wool or 100% cotton and not any of the man-made you know, fibers because it um, prevents your your body from breathing. And especially at night, your um, sheets need to be 100% cotton. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really important. And so is flannel cotton? Flannel's cotton, right? Yeah, I think so. I think flannel is. Yeah, you just yeah. want to. But it's important to check the labels. You know? yeah, yeah, I mean, this. I remember my mother was a big fan of you know wash and wear clothing, which is is all you know partially polyester. Or, right. Um. The you know the no wrinkle stuff you don't have to iron and um, but you just. You know, you don't you don't want to buy that. You don't want to buy polyester. It's just like wearing a plastic bag. Right. I can't wear any metal threads if the if the uh, tag in the back of the shirt has uh, metal, you know, on it or like gold thread or something. It's sewn into there with, man, I'll break out like crazy. I have to rip that thing out. Wow, oh. I've never seen that. Before metal I, uh, tags irritate my neck, but I get I get out of them. I'd like to bring up something about the um, uh, change the subject a little bit here, but bring up the Wurbank, and I send out to you uh, the research that Emily has done. But uh, Quintina and I went on. Quintina's been very good at nudging me to get uh, and listen to this guy. And uh, I got on the call on, I got on a recorded call, and then I got on his live call, and it is called Willie's Truth Call. Now, I think there's a misnomer there, because when I got on there, he was berating the people for how dare they have these people that are coming on and saying that... uh, uh, the things they're saying, they must be insane. They must be uh, totally uh, people that don't want other people to have any difference in their life and then and then and then and that type thing. And I go, man, we heard that for years. Whenever they wanted to control something, they did exactly what he's talking about. And it is about um, people questioning whether or not this weird bank is really honest. And this guy is pushing it like you wouldn't believe. 
Yeah, and it, and another another indication that it, you really have to question it is when you go to the website, there's no contact information. There's no phone numbers. There's no addresses. And yet there, people are saying that they've contacted these people and they've gotten them. Where are they getting the contacts? Is it his people that are doing it? I don't know. I think there's a, a, a lie in the woodpile, and I'm just not... Um, I have to apologize. I was saying, ah, do it just for a lark. Well, that's not good advice. And especially after getting some more feedback. And after our program last Friday, I went on and started reading the stuff. And it was all about this WIR bank, W-I-R, not W-E-R-E, and uh, the War Bank was started back in 1934 in the, before the Second World War because they wanted to get away from the fraud and the cash, in cash that was being used. So what does that say to you? They were having that same problem almost 100 years ago. So these people really kept that, and it was a... B-A-N-K, but it was a bank of credit. What did you call it, Emily? The, the, uh, when you do a trading and bartering, it's your points or something. And right. the points were you trade dollars or trade credits or whatever you want. Because when you, when you read a, their own documents, they say, and in the, um, in the promissory note that you have to sign, it says that all they're going to do is they're going to give you value. They're not going to give you, give you currency that you can use today to pay off your debts. And they're not even going to give it to you. You have to um, find somebody that wants your services before you're going to get, um, you know, credit. Or they're going to give you a little bit when you, you know, pay your money to join or whatever. And they can they say that they will extend loans to you. Um, but the whole thing is, any legitimate organized barter and reciprocal trade organization does not have any of their members sign a promissory note saying that they are, you know, um, obligated to provide any amount of their services. So you, generally, you, you join one of these because you want additional services in addition to your cash business and you understand that the people coming to you are going to be paying with the trade dollars. But you can control how many customers you want. And, you know, somebody might join an organization because they they're redoing their house. They want certain track lighting or building supplies or whatever. Um, you know, and then once they do that, they you know, they'll accept an amount of business just – so that they can pay for those items, and then they stop the you know stop providing their services for a while. Um, but according to this weird bank, you're going to have to provide an awful lot of services to them, to their members, uh, when you sign that promissory note. So you know, I just think that it's. And then they say in the fine print that they can use it um, as an instrument to to sell again, just like banks do, with, um, you know, credit cards and mortgages. So that they end up, you know, just like 
typical banksters, you know, selling a selling a piece of paper over and over and over again and creating money at the same time. You know, it just it just is not. Um, it's not, not kosher. Yeah, not kosher at all. Not kosher, and and so it it behooves us to really be real cognizant of it. And um, the fact that he was threatening people, because a lot of people probably are saying it's weird, and it's not what you're saying it is, and uh, they're being chastised, and that's why I'm bringing it out. If I had called Lola in, I probably has gotten on. Yes, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Lola's gotten on, and both uh, Clintina and I have heard her on there. Nothing against Lola. She's talking about Nasara because he's mixing Nasara with this weird bank. And I'm sorry, they're two different entities, and he is keeping them separate, but I think the people are blending them. Because I don't think they get that really what is happening with this Weir Bank. I don't think they get it at all. Well, and just read scary. the documents on their website. That's what you're agreeing to, and that's scary enough. Amen. Forget, forget about the fact that they're trying to, you know, confuse people with the whole beginning part of that that document, that 16-page document. The first eight pages was all, you know sounded well and good like they were, you know, really going to help people with all the problems. But, you know, they're just trying to distract people and get people thinking, oh, this is a great, you know, great idea, good idea. Well, Americans don't read 16 pages. They read the first three paragraphs, and then they sign on the dotted line. Yeah, that's (laughs) what they were probably counting on. That's exactly right, because it is an... I mean, I read up to page six, and then I had to go do something, whatever it was. So I only got to page six. At least Emily went through the sixteen, and uh, and it's it's that's why we bring this stuff up for all of us to really get. There's something rotten in the woodpile, and we really have to help each other with these kinds of. Uh, fraudulent things. Now, I, um, Clintina and I are trying to figure out how can we get and reach these people so that they really get they're being defrauded. Well, do they, do, they call, do they call into the call every time they have it, all the members? They call into the call and they, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, they... Um, they have to come up with some news item or really badgers them for them to get on the call, first of all, which I find terribly unrude. Well, if I was on that call, I would, call, I would name drop some, some legitimate uh, barter organizations that people can check into and talk to people that are running. Uh, he never uses the word barter. Well, they should be. It should be pointed out that that's what that's what they're that's offering. What that's what it is. And then the other thing is that who are the who are the people that you can do business with? I'd like to see a sample of. They say that they send out the list of members every month in a in a little book or something, so that you can see right. who you can do business with. But right. and, you know, and, and it sounds it. like it's UK based, so. 
where are all the We're Bank chapters around here? And who are the members around here where we all can exchange our RE credits for? Well, the the thing is that it's just starting over here is what I've heard. So it, it behooves us to know is this a, uh, a fraud being perpetrated now on the people here so that they will uh, jump on board and make it whip into shape? You know, be, that's really what I'm hearing. I'd be interested to know if they've ever even completed any trades, if anybody's ever, you know, done any trades and what they were. What kind of products, yeah, are we yeah. getting? Yeah. Is it all sex tapes or something? <laughs> you know? Well, we don't know. We've not know. heard anybody get anything because they're still getting their, their their paperwork and getting the money. Some of these people have gone. Now, there was one lady that got on, and she kept asking the banker, is this a fraud? Is this a fraud? He said, well, I don't know. I'm going to send this to, uh, with your numbers, I'm going to send this to XYZ place, and uh, I just don't remember names on those things, and uh, we'll see what happens, and he didn't even get it out of the bank and was stopped. Now, again, this is what uh, Clintina told us, that they, that, um, Wells Fargo had said, don't take any of these because, and he didn't say they were fraud. He, he, they said, just don't take any of these checks. But they're finding that there's nothing backing it up. And that's the problem well, because they're looking at it incorrectly if it's a barter system. Well, they're, they're not, other banks aren't involved in this. They're, if if people, if their members are going to different, you know, regular banks and trying to use these credits, they're they're really stupid. I mean, no, they, they, that's where the misleading is, uh, Emily. They're thinking that they're getting a real legitimate check. That's what this Willie is saying. It's a real legitimate check. They go and they pay their bill with this legitimate check. And what this banker told the lady was, uh, if you, if I put this through and let this check go through, you're going to be charged with a lot more money than this check is worth, and you will be the have the problem. And that's why she said, "Well, send me back the check, and I'll see what I can do on this other end." Never was it bought up as a barter. Never. Well, they have a bunch. Fraud. They're probably paying people on the call to say things to you know have them lead them to believe that it's it's something that it's not. But she she was bringing up the other side of it, Emily. That's what I'm saying. She actually was at the bank, and they were not accepting it at the bank. Well, and I know, so but she must she have was, been she must no, have she, been somehow led to believe that she could do that. Well, well, what she you're saying, hello, excuse me, what they're saying is that on the bottom of these rear checks is a uh, phone number for the uh, banks to call to verify that the funds are available. And right. it seems that 
the people in the bank are not calling those numbers to verify if there are, in fact, funds to um, back the check. In fact, that's where they're challenging the people at the bank that the money is there. It's not fraud. It's not fraudulent is what they're saying. Um, And so, um, but the people at the bank are just stating that they received um, notification not to accept the check, not to even go a step further to make a phone call to see if the funds, in fact, are there. So they won't even go that far. To check well, and, and a legitimate, the, the bank that they're calling themselves, really the Organized Barter Organization Office, is supposed to facilitate the trade. So they should understand that they're, you know, they should be involved in, in that and in doing that. But then they should Well, have, it seems like each bank has a foreign currency department that processes uh, foreign money and converts foreign foreign checks. And uh, that was the initial step that everyone was encouraged to promote to their banks, you know. And in fact, that's what they were doing initially, sending these checks to the foreign currency department and then having it processed there. But... Not only did not only did Wells Fargo send out a memo not to accept the checks, they've also blocked Swallow. Last weekend they blocked Swallow, and Swallow is a process for processing international uh, foreign exchange, international currency. So the whole conversation this week was the point that the banks had actually blocked Swallow, and that. Allegedly, they will be in trouble for blocking the swallow process. So, um, I don't know. They That's said the reason why they said that. Now, this is now this is these are the reasons. No one ever talks about the promissory note on that call, which you know has always been a red flag for me in the beginning, and I'm not comfortable with it until I actually go in and read these this 17 page document that I have in front of me now. I haven't had a chance to really look at it. But uh, no one's even talking about the promissory note. Um, every now and then, someone will mention. Um, That's what you have to fill things. out to join, right? right? Letter finish. Yeah, letter right, finish. right, right. Everyone, they are calling in periodically and talking about how to log in their personal energy, their personal time, in order to, I guess. I don't understand that process. I don't understand that yet. I, I have to read that. And, and what you're saying to me is it's a barter, bartering system that I'm not familiar with. I haven't read that yet. But what I wanted to say about where their focus is now is, and which is making everyone believe this is all valid, is that some checks have been processed. Some of these folks have allegedly calls have been coming and stating that some of their checks were processed and they were able to pay some bills. But the majority of people are running into blockages. But a young lady was on yesterday. Now, these are things that are coming out. A young lady that had some bills paid uh, this week, she paid it through, she had a common law trust account through the bank. And that's how it was processed. And And in the beginning, they said that Wells Fargo and the other banks would not process these checks allegedly because it would then put them under the common law. And they're, they're not under the jurisdiction. They don't want to be under the jurisdiction of the common law. 
Now, these are the reasons that they're giving uh, the people on the conversation calls every night. So no one's no one's even talking about the problem. Well, I don't I don't see how they could be. Other banks could be involved unless they signed up also, and somehow are allowing the um, you know get getting currency in exchange for trade dollars. But why would they want trade dollars when they're you know they're banks that can just create money out of thin air anyway? Well, I think that's where the problem is, is that they're not creating the money. And, and, the, and the, thing, I think about the, prosperity, the thing about the prosperity, the prosperity program and the global settlement, you know, I wonder, you, you mentioned that right. you're, you're, you're a frame of uh, uh, mm, connection to the uh, prosperity program is through the farmers group, right, back right. in 19... 1993-1973, Nassaro. Right. Nassaro was set up for the farmer's claim. Well, from what I understand, this is what was said over the week, that um, because someone asked exactly what is the prosperity program. And it, they said that once they, they signed up with the farmer's claim, eventually it turned into the banker's claim with other prosperity programs such as the Dobson, D-O-T-S-O-N, the Omega program, the Freedom program, and the Greenlight program. And this oh, is what this means. Well, that, those things don't have anything to do with this, at least not according to their paperwork. I know, no, but they're rolling no, everything no, in together. No, right, Go right. Ahead. You know I'm talking about Nassaro. Mm-hmm. I know I'm talking about Nassaro. Nassaro. And, they, and they're saying that Nassaro, when Nassaro is implemented, which is supposed to be allegedly between now and November the 5th, when the banks shut down or the government shut down, then everything shuts down. If either one of those shuts down, the other will shut down. If the bank shut down, the government shuts down. If the government shuts down, the bank shuts down, and Wall Street shuts down. And then allegedly 48 hours from then, Nassara is supposed to be implemented. Right. And, and and you're right. <laughs> and when the SARA is implemented, everyone that's ever owned a mortgage because of the fraud in the whole mortgage system, everyone is supposed to now listen, now listen, now listen. This is the prosperity. Everyone is supposed to receive a million dollars for their home. Mm-hmm. For each home that they've ever owned. Wait a minute, it gets yeah. better. Also under the SARA, everyone will receive $10 million. I don't remember. I've seen what supposedly is supposed to happen, um, you know, when the SARA goes into effect, but I never saw anything like that. That's the yeah. point. That's the point that we're trying to make. It's all mm-hmm. this bullshit coming out. Yeah. So to keep the people hooked. They say the that SARA, which is the national, which is the national... Economic security reparation right, right, it's supposed right. to be the first step to end global debt to end the global debt slavery and they, and they also they also said under this hour they have a package uh for veterans too set aside for veterans yeah yeah that's so. It. Okay, so what does this all this have to do with um this weird bank? Well, Nothing. And I try to keep. They try to keep. He does try. I do. I'm. You know. As I listen, I do see him trying to keep them 
the discussion separate, like he'll set aside an hour for to talk about the uh, the prosperity program and global settlement, and then maybe the next day he'll say, okay, this call is all about the Warren Bank, you know. So oh, he does. Okay. Yeah, he so it's to just a way to to uh, not, not, yeah, not have people focus on what they should be focusing on. Yeah. No. And and no. and they don't remember from one day to the next if uh, if it's you know, true running, and that he does not encourage anybody to really go on the website. No, he does. No, he does. No, he does wonder. No, really, oh, he, he does. does. Okay. Yes, no, he does. does. Yes, he does. And, that, and that's the thing I picked up from him right away, that he couldn't answer a lot of questions initially. He had to tell everyone to go back to the website. Well, I think the one person that was able to pay off some debts is, is being paid off by the Weir Bank to say that. Well, people have sent their checks in, Emily, and this is what I've been saying. They send them in, but I think they bounce. Because right, well, exactly, they, exactly. They, yeah. The person who's getting their um, payment, their final payment, is putting it in their bank, and there's no money. And that's I where the fraud is coming in. Well, there oh. has to be an exchange of services or, or goods. That's the point that uh, Clintine and I are, are facing. Right. Badgering the people, how dare you uh, say that we're doing a bad thing and, uh, and then uh, we're, we've got this problem and, and he, he really badgers them into not saying anything because they're crazy or they're uh, they're just all the same. He fortunately hasn't called them uh, government agents because I think that's what he might be. But uh, the issue here is that the people are afraid to stand up against him. I hung up on both of them because I didn't want to get into it as uh, much as we need to get into it. We need to get into it with him. It's, it's really sad. Yeah. But, uh, he, he may be doing a good job for some of these people and it may be a, a really good thing for them to be listening to them. I don't know. I'm not their judge and jury. I'm just, you know, concerned that these people are being hoodwinked again. Well, I think the um, promissory note should tip everybody off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't even have to read anything else. Just read the promissory note. But you, you're talking to people that really aren't. Uh, uneducated, and and I'm not putting them down that they're not educated, because there's another guy that comes on and he starts giving an entire, um, uh, what do you call it, report from the um, uh, stock exchange, and I'm going, whoa, these people maybe they're more informed than I think they are, but it was no. all about the stock exchange. Go ahead, Clintina. Uh, no, that wasn't me, but I, I just want to say this to be, and then let the other person in in terms of the stock exchange. And um, what I've deduced, the reason why they're watching the stock exchange is because they're saying that the powers to be does not want the stock exchange to go below 15000 So it's been fluctuating um, a little above 15000 and because if it goes below 15000 then that that is the crash level. And you know who the powers that be are? The government. The government. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All yeah. the governments, because they're all invested in the um, 
you know, there's 40 to 50 companies that are on an, um, yep. on the New York Stock Exchange. Anybody? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Oh, I'm glad you let me come in here. I hung up and came in because I thought I was muted. But um, I uh, I have done some studies on this, and I've come up with some conclusions. Uh, the Weird Bank, I'm reading from um, the money beat from the Wall Street Journal, um, and the Weird Bank has separated itself from uh, financier or business um, negotiations and derivatives, and I'll talk about derivatives, uh, with J.P. Morgan and Bank of America. So initially, I'm reading it right here, the Weir Bank was funded based on the sales of derivatives, which is debt. Um, uh, so if you have debt, the Weir Bank will pay it off because they have funding from these large banks, U.S. Bank, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan. But the article I'm reading right here says that in 2011, uh, Weir uh, broke off its relationship with uh, the banks are called BAMLs uh, with Weir, um, and they paid them a certain amount of million in banking fees. So basically, you buy debt, you sell it, and you sell it with uh, the banking fees. In the uh, 2008 collapse, you sold it with insurance. It was a junk bond because you knew they were going to default on their mortgage. But now that the laws have changed because of that, now they've just put another name on the label. And mm -hmm. so now your derivative or your debt sell-off is making money from the banking fees related to the transaction of the transference of debt. And so they're making money that way. But according to this article, the Weir Bank split up from... Um, from the BAML, which, uh, reading the whole article, which I won't do, but it's Bank of America and J.P. Morgan and one other, the big banks, um, it, they broke off relationships with him because of an affiliation with another company that was in conflict with another investor. A company is an investor. So with another investor that was working uh, with those other big major banks that were buying the derivatives. The derivative market is what we base our economy on today, and that's just debt. <laughs> and so this plays very well into CISPA. So why would Weir Bank, and I don't know anything about it other than what I'm reading here and my understanding of some other things, um, if they have lots of financing, uh, if that means it does them a little good to create more derivatives. More debt will buy your debt and will pay it off so they can sell it to the big bank. So, you know, it's all, it's all about how to grab derivatives. And that's why we have the fiat printing of money, QE4 is around the corner. If you don't raise the interest rate, quantitative easing 4 is just printing more money without raising interest rates so there's more interest because when you have debt financing, either the, the circulation of monetary assets is going to be with the banks or the people. The trickle down is the, the low interest that reduces the debt payment for the individual so that they have more capital in their pocket to spend in the economy. It's all based on fiat currency. It's based on the amount of debt being bought and sold. So I personally would be leery of that knowing that the banks make money on debt. 
It's really plain and simple. But how does this play into SISPA? And it does, everything plays into something else. And um, uh, I did see that um, uh, Wonder Adam sent something about SISPA to us, and I'm reading an article on it. And it says that uh, SISPA has been passed and it is going to Obama's death, basically, is what I'm reading. Um, and however, some of the early companies that supported internet uh, companies that supported CISPA are now backing out. And the ones that are backing out are Mozilla Firefox, Yahoo, Reddit, uh, a lot of the big names. Who's not backing out? Google. Okay. So nevertheless, right. nevertheless, it is. Um, I'm re I'll read it right here. CISPA originally introduced in 2011, CISPA passed the House but never advanced to the full Senate vote after massive public, massive public campaigns waged against the bill. Its authors say CISPA will provide for the sharing of certain cyber threat intelligence and cyber threat information between the intelligence community and cybersecurity entities by encouraging private companies such as Google, Facebook, and others to hand over government to the government any data that could be used to combat cyber attacks. Mm -hmm. uh, critics of the bill say the language is too broad, though, uh, and allows federal agencies to access too much personal information. So then they cite the, this totally undermines our Fourth Amendment. What is the Fourth Amendment? And Wonderand sent us something on property. And so the Fourth Procedure. Amendment. Mm -hmm. So the Fourth Amendment. Uh, the Fourth Amendment, uh, going way, way back, had to do with the Federalists who wanted to be separate from the Union of the States because they felt that they needed more um, individualized protection in the law. And that's when James Madison wrote the Declaration of Independence to stop the war between the uh, South, uh, the slave nations, and those not, uh, and also kind of a But a lot of that had to do with property. The Fourth Amendment is not only your right to privacy, but it has to do with property, and it has to be with the authorities, the authorities' uh, regulations against boosting in, coming in, taking your property without certain guidelines. Um, the one major court case that changed this was, um, I'm trying to find it back here again, and then I'll just summarize, was uh, Katz versus, oh, nice. Scroll down something. Cat versus the United States, or cats versus the United States. And in that instance, the government had put a phone, a um, a uh, wiretap on the outside, outside of a phone booth. And so then this man, who apparently would use this phone book or this phone booth to create transactions, had done that on a regular, predictable pattern. Was noticed, and so the federal government tapped the phone booth on the outside because their thought was legally if it's not on the inside, we can do it. And But Katz won the case because he closed the door to the phone booth. So by closing the door to the phone booth, he was exemplifying his perceived right for privacy and that that mm -hmm. right had been violated by the wiretapping of the phone booth regardless, as the government uh, said, the wiretap was on the outside, not the inside. But the action of the individual closing the door uh, suggested perceived privacy and protection under Fourth Amendment laws, and Katz won that case. So this whole issue with CISPA is similar to that case. 
That's why they need to push it through. They need to push it through because they know the cats versus the U.S. will not stand. So the amendment is just like a clause to allow uh, greater intrusiveness into your personal and private lives, and it includes government confiscation. So the law tried to twist uh, cats by saying when you are pulled over by a police officer for a minor traffic violation, you are seized, okay? Mm -hmm. But without a warrant, they don't have a right to seize your property, but you are seized, so you've given up certain rights. And so now what the CISPO will do was will be, if you can be proved a cyber threat, uh, or then you can also be categorized in that group of ter- terrorists that under NDAA be held uh, indefinitely. And so if the banks can no longer use debt, okay, derivative markets to generate income and spending from the public, they're going to have to confiscate property. So this is just another way of setting up a foundation of complete government control. So what can you do about it? And I'm reading this article. Now, you may not want to do this. I don't know. It's up to the individual. But um, many people, including um, Yahoo, Read It, and those Internet companies that I spoke about that are not in favor of CISPA, have written to the president and said they don't want this. They don't want to have to submit personal and private data to the government under CISPA. And so um, some inside insiders, or uh, how is it saying, Obama, Obama's, uh, uh, I forgot the word they used, but people that make recommendations to Obama are saying that he should veto this bill. It's been passed. It's, it's headed towards his desk. So if you go to a website, and I'll, if you want, I'll send Wondra the link and she can forward it on. It's tell President Obama, Obama protect my privacy and veto CISPA. And there's a link here and it says, uh, thank you for your public opposition to type cyber intelligence sharing under and protection act CISPA last year. With CISPA's recent reintroduction to Capitol Hill, we ask for renewed commitment to preventing such a flagrant violation of every American's right to privacy. We cannot continue to blindly sacrifice personal liberties in the name of national security. Tell Congress to veto this. And the link I have since it's right to Congress and the President and the White House. So that all was sent out earlier this week, and they voted on it supposedly on Wednesday. Yeah, and what this is is uh, President Obama is saying, or his advisors are saying that he should veto this bill regardless. Again, he should veto it, and he does have the power to veto. Oh, yeah. So, you know, ACLU Action is the website, and they have a link that is, is again, um, put up by these Internet companies um, that don't want this intrusiveness to occur because we know that it's a foundation plan for a much greater, bigger scheme. When derivatives are gone, there's no more debt. Think about it. And here we have this Nacera set up. I think these people are really scrambling to try to figure out what to do. We run our, our commerce on debt. Debt is the base of all financial uh, transactions. We run it on credit, but it's really debt derivatives. Those are soft as 
you know, market uh, stocks as, as monetary assets to financial companies. So when we no longer have debt, what are we going to do? And that's where these money financiers are trying to figure it out. The people are waking up. So if you want to, um, you know, voice to President Obama when this thing hits his desk, this is what worked before. The, uh, President vetoed CISPA. We don't want CISPA to pass while Obama's in office. We don't want it to pass at all. But this time is so crucial right now while people are juggling their uh, economy evaluations and woes that this is the time now exclusively to stop CISPA. They've already put in NDAA. They've already reenacted a lesser form of it. And if they get CISPA in, that'll cover all the bases that had to be released under NDAA and bring it back into full fruition. So, you know, I would be very leery uh, economically. Now we know all it's all about a money grab, but we know we're running on fiat currency, and so it's all about a debt grab. And uh, I did look up the Weir Bank on ripoffreport.com, and there's lots of reference to Weir, uh, affiliated with different banks, only the banks are being listed in the ripoff report. That's what gave me or brought me to this conclusion. The banks are, def are um, I forget the word, foreclosing on loans. And in 2008, it was the homeowner, the, the, uh, you know, the bubble in the home thing, and that's what caused the economic collapse. They're not able to do that now because of regulation. So now we're seeing the debt and, and all of that related to credit card purchases and car, uh, car uh, notes, notes on your car. So, you know, I just think it's a very good idea to realize that all of these Internet companies and all of these financiers are in the last-ditch effort money grab because they see the uh, economy is unstable. So just be careful. In the ripoff report, a lot of the... Uh, different financial institutions that were uh, connected to the WEIR um, uh, were like U.S. Bank, uh, GE, not USBC, which I thought was interesting, and, and J.P. Morgan. So the Wall Street Journal is saying um, that that they are, let me see, will no longer be advising WEIR on future deals uh, according to the person at the company, the bank will instead be looking, listen to this, for uh, investment banking fees from IMI, which is uh, a banking, kind of like IMF only with the independent bankers, which in, in a strategic update on Friday announced plans to double full-year operating profit over the next five years. It will drive around. Uh, MA activity, this will drive around half of its growth. So what they're saying is the confiscation of property so that they can take that derivative and pocket the money. Think about this. Our economy is classes. You can't pay your bills. You go into foreclosure. The derivative market is now going to be supported by CISPA for the legal confiscation of property, which will immediately be sold back to the banks. And how many bank lobbyists are funding these laws that these governments are going to use, uh, local governments, because everybody's going to be on a money grab. And so the local governments no longer have their federal funding. There's a transition of 
uh, incontinence in the monetary system. And so what happens is uh, they go for the money grab. How can we confiscate your assets? Mm-hmm. And, so, and part of the thing that you're really bringing out is the the all the shuck and jive that they want us to be totally confused about. And uh, one of your premises that you're bringing out is for all of us to be um, cognizant of what is going on rather than not paying attention. We've suggested for a long time get out of the banks, but it doesn't matter if you're in a, um, a what do you call it, a... Uh, Credit union. Uh, credit union. It doesn't matter at all because all of them are going to go down. When they want them to go down, they'll make them go down. Now, one of the things that I uh, wanted to clarify with you is what is the spelling of that we're bank? W-E-I-R. W-E-I-R is different from W. I-R, which is the SWIFT bank for uh, trading. The one we're talking about is W-E-R-E. So we've got to know which bank you're really talking about insofar as the fraud goes. Let me go into the and put the right spelling. I'm sorry? Let me go into the top report and put the right spelling. Um, I'm not getting that. It, it she's going to put it in. Let me go and put the right spelling. I didn't know how to spell it. But, uh, you know, what I want to point out, and I may be wrong, and that's why I'm looking it up because I'm definitely not always right. Um, but what I wanted to point out is is a lot of these, just like in stock exchange, a lot of these companies have acronyms for their name. So right. what, was the, what was the right spelling? W-E-R-E is the way it's on the website. And it's a capital W and a capital R. Correct. W-E-W, capital W, small E, capital R, small E. But they just make it all together, W-E-R-E, when you go after the website. Okay, let me see. Uh, Oh. Well, there is uh, one here, and I don't know, it may prove, you guys each will have to do your own, but it says... uh, So that's what we've been doing. Pardon me? That's what we've been doing, that's why we're bringing it up, so people, because we started this discussion last week, and I I didn't have enough information. And now there's a WIR bank, too. WIR is a bank that I told you about that historically has been operative as a trading bank since 1934. So it's not in the fraud. I think they're piggy banking that information so we think it's the same bank. Yeah. Ah, just a different spelling. Yeah. It's casting spells again. They're it's a different spells. setup. It's a different setup game. Mm. And that's well, what, I'm, what I'm reading here when I look under W-E-R-E on Ripoff Report is 
it does come up, but it's it's a complaint from individuals. Uh, there's two or three, and I don't know. I'd have to be doing more research. But um, where financial institutions who have been funded or affiliated with the banks that are connected to Weir Bank have been defaulting or overcharging customers that are doing business with them. Important, so again, important to capitalize the R. Yeah, well, when you yeah. go to the website, it's it's not, you know. It isn't. I on thought it website, was on the web in the web in the web the address site itself. But when you're doing the address, it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, well, it's just something to consider. I just thought I'd throw that out there. There is uh, something here about installment loans. NetBank uh, 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 took 150 from me, promising a loan of 430, and wanted another 299, and that I can't get out um, unless I pay another bit of amount of money, and it's from Loans Loans Net Bank. And apparently they're affiliated with the large banks that are uh, splitting off, and it came up under a WERE search. But there's no real proof there, and so you would have to just research it more. Well, we're we're reading the papers is what we're doing, and that's the documents they have on the site. So it's very interesting. So, But if we're now at 109, and guys, my phone already dropped once, and I did get back on and I learned something. If I push OK, the call stays on and our recording stays on. Hopefully it saved it because I got knocked off the Internet. So um, hopefully it's going on. And I'm glad you brought up some more information about that uh, that vote, we just don't know how the vote went on Wednesday. So Well, I found that the Senate passed it, but it's not law yet. Yeah. We're talking about yeah. CISPA. Mm-hmm. And it's actually they signed it again. But they you know, it's 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 a um it's a cybersecurity law. It's more it's about <laughs> it's more about um giving them more per- permission to just take more information. It's all, what it's all about, yes, I'm sorry, you're absolutely right. It's all about grabbing your information. They will totally, anything and everything you say and write, they will take. It's not about everything. stealing money or derivatives or anything oh, like that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a separate thing. It's, it's checking to see if we're terrorists. Well, right. That's exactly their purpose. But the other thing is that ICANN is a uh, worldwide uh, ownership, if you will, of the Internet. That's already been done. So we don't really have – this country doesn't really have much control over the what goes on, on the, in the Internet as far as I'm – as far as I understand. It's all – that happened a while ago. You can look up ICANN, I-C-A. A-N, or I-C-A-N-N, I think it is. But well, you know, they, they've been saying for a long, long time that people should get out of debt. You you don't want to run up your credit cards or because then they're going to come after you, right? They're going to take your property. They're going to take, if you buy a new car and you, you know, finance it, they're going to come and take it if you can't yep. pay. And I've been well, telling all- my, my siblings to pay off their mortgages because they can do it. They're in a position to do it, and they should do that instead of, you know, 
just to be on the safe side. And so $10, the other side of that coin, oh, go ahead. No, that's okay, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the whole premise of what they're doing is about controlling your finances and making certain that you have no control over them. And uh, if, if you're in debt, they control you. And that's what they fear the most is us coming out of debt. And then they also they want to, to debt. yeah, and with the control, they want to see all the transactions that we make. That's why there's Correct. talk about getting rid of cash. And... That's right. And even uh, on uh, um, Drake this week, he was saying uh, it's all going to just be a credit card. And I'm, or I'm going, well, you're buying into what they're doing. So um, it's, it's interesting how different things are flowing today. And in the old documentary, in Aaron Russo's film, um, America, Freedom to Fascism, it shows, which um, Ron Paul was in and many other people, um, you know, that that film's all about that there's no law, there's no law that we have to pay income tax. But then then it mentions, it talks about what the future will be like, and it says that we'll all have chips, we'll all be forced to... um, have a chip in our wrist, which will be linked to our bank account, mm-hmm. and then that the government will and the banks will have control as to whether or not we have access yeah. to our own money, and it will be and it shows somebody standing in line to pay their groceries, and and then you know the the um, the checker customer service person telling them that they can't. I think, I don't know, but, you know, that's what goes into your mind immediately, you know, that they, the government, if they, if you said, if you criticize the government or something, they could just shut you off and shut off your attitude. Well, this is what I have done. I have thrown all my eggs in the same basket. I have let go of all of this. I'm leaving it up to Mr. Keish. Now, if he's not good, we're all going to die. But if he's good, we're all going to live. And personally, I really don't give a shit about anything else. (laughs) Sorry. Because I'm dying anyway. (laughs) Or whatever, you know. That's the way to be Uh, and not worry about it. Because I was going crazy and throwing fishbowls at Bruce and doing all kinds of stuff two years ago. Now I'm just happy as can be. I even spit in my neighbor's face two two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So don't talk about spitting with your children because it takes me gives me flashbacks. I can't believe I did that. It just happened, and I'm just going, oh my god, I gotta run now. <laughs> so you know, I we just need to stay calm, <laughs> you know, and just well, watch out gonna, the window. What I was gonna just add. Um, Real quick on the debt realization is that if you look back through history, you'll see that whenever the economy was unstable, the government would try to um, find a way to claim your property or demand that people relinquish their property to the support of the government. That's only in the Constitution under a um, threat against the United States of America. So great word, terrorism. But it seems that... um, what it is is there seems to be a threshold of $10,000 or more in debt. So that's the important part, or more 
and death. So 10000 is the baseline, just like, well, it was 10000 if you did a cash transaction or a huge withdrawal of cash at 10000 That had to be reported to the uh, government. But now they're reducing that to 5000 So it does seem that, you know, 10000 seems to, 10000 or more seems to be the uh, the tracking, you know, for the little peons, not the elite wealthy, uh, that can enable you under current law to be put in a debtor's prison. And only that would probably be called FEMA. Now, what I wonder, I have one debt that um, is my car loan. And um, my car loan goes through my credit union from um, when I worked with California State Education. So... Uh, is a private uh, credit union. Uh, and so I'm wondering if that is going to be safe. That's the only debt I have, and I sure as heck can't afford to plop down 18000 and pay off my car. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm in a gamble, too. There's not a whole lot, unless you're extremely wealthy, that you can do other than be aware, knowledgeable, and try to uh, get your assets out of the dollar. I sent uh, Wonder Ann something about the yuan, how the Chinese is trying to create a transferable currency on the world market, and it is now being considered. But the, it's, I'm not smart enough and big enough and don't have enough money to figure out that investment opportunity, or even if it is an investment opportunity for the little guys like myself. Well, could you sell your car and get a used one? Well, it is a used car. (laughs) Well, I know. Get a, you know, less expensive used one for a couple thousand dollars. Well, I don't want to do that because, uh, you know, that's a good idea and maybe something I might have to consider when I feel more desperately pressured. But, um, you know, my car is, it's part of my survival plan. It's a four-wheel drive Jeep, you know, and it can get me anywhere I have to go if I need to be off-road. And so, you know, that was the whole purpose for getting a Jeep. <laughs> You'd be better off finding a 1970s truck that is yeah, you know, right. I know they, they don't do off-road. A 70s doesn't that's do off-road. E, that's EMP-proof. Old. Yeah, that's right, and that's the thing, and and much better engines. I don't, I don't know about that. You know, it's all a gamble. It's all very iffy. I would not want to buy a cheap bumper and then have to spend another three or four thousand to, to make it, you know, reliable. So I don't know, but I just wanted to throw that out there that. It'd be worse, and I'll try to do some looking into it myself to see if if that, you know, uh, held by a private credit union uh, is something that can be tackled. You know, I'll have or to look. Or maybe you could double payment on it and have it paid off faster. Well, I don't see how I can double pay on that right now because I'm, you know, I'm yeah. on a limited income and I feel yeah. pretty happy yeah. rent, you know. <laughs> I would definitely try and and figure out an alternative to your car situation. What was the other question you had about some investment that you were talking about? Well, I just, the other thing was, 
you know, um, the one, the Chinese one. Uh, oh, Yuan. Not, oh, the, okay, yeah, the Remindi. Yeah, the Remindi, that they're trying to, you know, make that a world currency and and over the dollar. And I just don't, you know, I just don't know enough about it. I wouldn't, you know... I, you can join, you a, could um, look into... Euro Europac.net or let me see if it's Europac.net or Euro. Um, Peter Schiff's company. He um, he invests people's money in companies that are held in other currencies, not in the, not backed by the dollar. Oh, what was that? What I have an account with him. Um, it's let me. I'm gonna see if it's Europac.net or Europac.com. E U R O. Yeah, like your uh, Europe. Yeah, so Euro something. What was it? Europe. Let me let me just see. Yeah, because that would be my next. Yeah, Europac dot com. Europac or P A K. P A C E U E U R O P A C dot com. Okay. So I'll check into that because that was my next thing. Well, you know, it's it's Simon, it's so hard when you don't have a lot to get over the hump. Huh? <laughs> yeah, but you're so but smart. I can't believe how far you've gone with this. Wow. Well, it doesn't matter. You can have all the smarts in the world if you don't have any money. You're just going to be like everybody else, you know. Or if the government has a way to take what you want. Well, no, the Catholic Church is going to give us all $10 million. Remember that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Sorry. The voice oh. of... Uh, well, if they send me in to talk to the Pope, he'll be giving us more than $10 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll I'll, I'll teach him the Peter Principle, all right. <laughs> <laughs> John yeah, Brown is... John Brown is somebody that he who's an expert that uh, works for Peter, or at least, um, yeah, he he must still work for him. But he's really, really knowledgeable. He's older than Peter is, and he's his stuff is really worth reading and listening to on um, YouTube. I recognize both of those names, and um, because I've been trying to look at the economy and what the Chinese dollar is doing. Those names have come up, so I will research it, look at it. I wanted, I wanted to ask you guys about another guy, and that is, let's see, what's his name? I just started following. It's on before it's news. Um, darn. I have to go back into my revelation. Anyway, it's about Hedges. His last Hedge name is Hedge. Oh, no, oh. It, the guy's name is Hedge. Uh, okay. Let me go back. Uh, I think I can click on this. Anyway, we'll go ahead with what you're doing. But I've been following him, and he's um, talking about everything that's going on behind our backs and... They should do it in front of our backs, but know more about what they're doing. 
Breaking news, the United States has been in default for 170 days and nobody notices. <laughs> Stuff yeah, like right. that. That's true. Well, I like we, this we before it's news. Do, we we constantly are going into bankruptcy because of uh, their inability to handle the money. So, yeah. It, Jim Rogers... Problem. Jim Rogers is another really good guy to follow. So it's, it's, but we're running out of time, and we're going to be probably getting bounced off of here before we say bye-bye. So let's do our bye-bye and, um, and get moving on what we can do, and that is keep looking up stuff and getting yourself knowledgeable because so much is going on and so much is coming down that we really have to be far more tuned in to what's going on around us, far more tuned in. And uh, so uh, let's do Ho'opono and see what we can do on capturing some of the energies that, that are out there and causing insanity in people's lives so that there is a real um, change in the energy to the betterment of the people that that we are not being coerced into uh, some more fraudulent uh, whatevers. And that we get to the truth on this Willie's Truth call. Who is he and why is he badgering? So it's important we check it all out. So let's put our hands out and let's do... Um, let's see if our gal is on. Oh, Orpha, you're still on. Did you want to, are you at a good place to have the kids do the, um, or is it lunchtime there? She's, she had to mute herself. She's still beating him with a stick. You beat him? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, she's doing a better <laughs> job than that. <laughs> Orpha, can you hear us? Mm-mm. No, she may not be. She may be there they are. Yeah. There you are. Yes. <laughs> there you are. Uh-oh. Sorry. We've been, we've been cleaning. Oh, <laughs> uh, we had another detail, huh? <laughs> yeah, we had detail. A twin. Uh, <laughs> did you feed all the bread to the birds? Not yet. <laughs> okay. She's trying to clean up what they just did. <laughs> There's one slice here that's been drying out for the past couple of days. It's like we can give that to the birds, but we never give it out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Do you want to lead us in the hohopono so we do it the correct way and and really bring some results here? Sure, and I'm sure the babies would love to join in on that. All right. They love doing the. The hugs. They start hey. doing hugs. Hey. hugs. I'm going to do a little prayer. And I get one that fast. Oops. Oh, no. And I'll repeat after me. Okay. Did I lose everybody? Hello? <laughs> oh, oh, first cut. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, I got away from my computer too far. Yeah, that's what I receiver. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll phone a phone with a little prayer, and it goes like this. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please, Please forgive, forgive me. me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I love you. I love you. I love, I love you. you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive, Please forgive me. me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You hear how fast those kids are. I'm never on the I love you. I love you. One more time with feeling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. And that's the love and the energies we want to send around the country so the people get up in their energies, in their love of each other, and practice the golden rule and give love to each other and find what is the best way for them to be healthy and wise and be their own master. It is time for us to be our own master not someone else be our master for us. So let us spread that around and let's give them a big hug. Are the kids ready? One, two, three. Three. (laughs) And the joy about this, I get the physical hug too. Oh, you lucky lady, you. Hey. Why don't you teach your granddaughter to do that to her dad the next time they have a little problem? Get her to do the hopa ono. They may hear it long long enough, they may do that. The challenge is not in her remembering or wanting to do that, it's the daddy standing still long enough to give him a hug. (laughs) He's one of those guys that, I mean, he used to bribe me and say, Mom, can I have this or can I do that or whatever? And I say, Well, I don't know. He says, I'll give you a hug. He knows how to get to you, girlfriend. I, yeah, I get a hug like on the holidays. You know, I get a Christmas hug, Thanksgiving hug, Mother's Day yeah. hug. For, I can't get a hug out of them any other time. I say, Can I have you a hug? Grandbaby hugs, though. They're even better. Yep. yep. I get there hugs from my grandbabies. Yep. yep. They love yep. to give hugs. Even when mom, yeah. even when grandma gets upset with them, they're still ready to give grandma a hug. All right. I love you. There you go. In fact, the other day I was I had been upset with him most of the day because he was just being ornery, and it was so cute because his mom was actually home at this time and. He was trying to. He was. She was trying to eat, and he was sitting on her lap, and he had been crying, and he was pouting, and all of a sudden he just kind of looked out of the corner of his eye and looked up at me, and he goes, "I love you." <laughs> Talk about a heart melted away. I know. Everything was okay. <laughs> He's learning how to melt grandma. Ha ha. 
but it was it was it wasn't you know it wasn't triggered by you know even me saying I love you because usually they'll respond back I love you you know after I say it to them but he had been very upset he was basically kind of mad at grandma and everything but but something suddenly just he he decided to tell grandma he loved her and I'm going wow you know that was so awesome because that was totally on his own to do that even though he was upset you know <laughs> and he still told well, grandma and, loved her <laughs> and and that's the point of what you're teaching them yep and yeah you exactly can discipline ch- yeah you can discipline children and that doesn't mean they're going to hate you or you know anything like that. And that's what most parents are afraid of, that the kids will hate them if they discipline them. They're not, Listen, not, it's going to no. boomerang. They will hate them for not disciplining Well, them. I think it does actually work that way. Yeah, because yeah. they did not get the rules, boundaries, and limitations that they needed growing up yep. and learning. They're now, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, I, I, ow, you're making my arm sore. Um, they're poking me. <laughs> um, you know, they they look at this stuff. You know, I always told my kids that I was doing it because I loved them. Right. If I didn't love them, I would pay no attention whatsoever. And they I think they, they eventually got that. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they eventually got that. That wow, mom must really love me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But let's uh let's let's say goodbye and because my Hi. phone is now going do 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 the warning signs. I'm but, leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm gonna turn off. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.